they're like, we need help. So, of course, I go in there, run in there, and there's this guy, and he's having a seizure under the bunk. Turn around, I'm just punching people in the face, like right and left. Like, I don't even know who they are, but like just trying to get people <laughs> away from us. We get a call about a lady in her car that's dead on the side of the road, right? Yeah. That waiting has got officers killed yeah, before because right, they've, yeah. they've waited and then they were, you know, it was too late and the person got the jump yeah. on them. I didn't even know that you could shit your pants past the age, like a certain age or before a certain age. Like, I mm -hmm. thought that there was a certain grace period. Welcome to 1023 Podcast, from on scene to on air with those who were there. Before we get started, we want to give a shout out to one of our all-time favorite companies, 1350 Apparel. 1350 Apparel is a law enforcement owned and operated apparel company based out of West Palm Beach, Florida. We here at 1023 Podcast love what they're all about, and many of us actually wear 1350 products while on duty due to the superior quality of everything they make. 1350 Apparel also worked with us to design and produce the first ever official 1023 Podcast t-shirts, which are awesome in fit, function, and style. So if you're a true patriot and you want to support a great organization with a great mission full of great people, go check out 1350 Apparel and get yourself and your loved ones some awesome gear. Lastly, the views and opinions of the individuals featured on 1023 Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of their employers or their profession. Viewer discretion is advised. This is 1023 Podcast, episode 10-2, with uh, Brandon Jones, John Fisher, Jace Delgado, and myself, Hunter Fithin. Also featuring, behind the scenes, my lovely and talented wife, Ashley Fithin. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Good evening. I want you to open like news specials. That you that's what you should do. Yeah. <laughs> like if this specials. career path doesn't work out for you, yeah. you should be the guy that, that like brings in the news every day. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. I feel like I would uh probably get fired pretty quickly though for inappropriate comments on the news. Well, I think it's it's pretty clear that a lot of uh, news personalities have been able to skate past that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to work you got to work for the right yeah. news company. If you're Don Lemon or somebody yeah. you're going to be just fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's true. That is very true. But uh well, the elephant in the room is that we have a, a new guest on, which is Mr. Jace Delgado. And Jace, one thing that uh, we'll kind of walk you through tonight is the same thing that Jones and I walked through on the first episode, and then um, Jones Fisher and I walked through in the second episode. But what we kind of started by talking about was why we got involved in law enforcement, and then kind of as our careers have progressed to where they are now, some of the crazy stuff we've seen and done. But why did you get involved in law enforcement? My story is the worst story ever, by the way. Wow. I was, uh, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I wanted to coach and I wanted to teach until I got to college and I realized that I didn't really like kids that much. <laughs> and the only thing I knew how to do was probably go into law enforcement. And that's because of, of all people, Larry Payne. And because of the class that I took with Larry Payne in high school. So... Okay. And I was like, well, I'll probably uh, be really bad at doing this, so I'll just give that a shot. Okay. And, and for clarification purposes for the audiences, Larry Payne was the, um, correct me if I'm wrong, he was the, the school police chief at the school that you attended. Yeah. Yeah. So, right here in yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, and he retired recently. 
So good on him. Hope he's uh, enjoying living life. There, I heard. I heard that there's some good stories about Larry Payne out there. So <laughs> yeah, there, there's there's stories about Larry Payne. Out there. <laughs> yeah, quite yeah. the rounder he was. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, okay. So you get involved in law enforcement, and you decide that hey, I'm going to give this a try. Um, thanks to Mr. Payne. That's because I also hated doing bell bonds. So I was a bell. So I went, <laughs> I went to college, and okay. then I went into the bell bonds world just to because I was like, well, they're hiring, and yeah. I, worked, I worked at Bob's Bell Bonds, and then that's when I went. I guess I worked there for like three or four years before okay. there was an opening at the jail, and mm-hmm. I applied at the jail. Okay. Now, when you were in college, what were you studying? Oh, education. Oh, okay. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. So I don't know that the word edu- like studying is really the right term for what I did in college, <laughs> but I mean, would it be fair to say that you were studying some other activities? Yeah, I was really good at drinking beer and just kind of <laughs> chasing the ladies. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. So you go from college to bail bonds to um, the local jail yep. here, and then. Tell us about that from there. What was the jail? Like? <laughs> it was the jail was interesting. Um, I, I think it's like anything else, right? We always like have this <coughs> this conversation about people get into uh, corrections thinking it's one thing, mm. and it's a totally different. Because <clears throat> on my first day, uh, there's like this buzzer in the jail, right? So the inmates, if there's an emergency or if they need something, they hit the buzzer. It rings in the control room, and you answer it. And so I get up there. They just taught me how to work this box, and it's me and one other person. So I hit this bot, this button, and there's just screaming coming out of, I think it was like cell 21. And they're like, we need help. So, of course, I go in there, mm-hmm. run in there, and there's this guy, and he's having a seizure under the bunk, and he's there's just throw up everywhere. <laughs> well, he's detoxing. He was detoxing <laughs> of alcohol, and I had to go under there and, like, pull him out from underneath the bunk, and I'm just, like, covered in vomit. Yeah. It was disgusting. I'm like, okay, well, I guess this is this is what corrections is like. So, wow, I did that for, I think, six months, uh, and then not long after that, uh, Sheriff Bo offered me to go to the courthouse so that I could go to the police academy. <clears throat> so, okay. I went in and I worked in the courthouse. I think I was in the courthouse for two years, and in that time, I worked, and then I went through the academy, and then I went out to the street. Okay. Now, when you're in the courthouse, um, was that like as a bailiff type position? Or? I was courthouse security. So courthouse we, we security, had a bailiff, okay. but I was courthouse security, but okay. one in the same, really. Okay. I've never done that, so I, I was just curious. But That's my retirement gig, courthouse security. <laughs> it's probably a good gig. Yeah, HG's going to have to find something else to do. <laughs> <laughs> Put him out. <laughs> cool. So um, go from there, and good on you for sticking with it after day one in the jail being covered in puke and dealing with inmates that's i didn't think i'd be good at anything else so <laughs> i didn't i had this hidden talent of cooking that i didn't know about yet until recently so i was like it's either this or uh we gotta get into that too at some point before we're done tonight real quick though the puke thing reminds me so i also have a puke story that was really good it, it wasn't in the jail though um but i used to be a, a hospital security guard and I think the first time I got puked on was they brought in a dude off an ambulance that uh, had overdosed on like K2, like the synthetic weed stuff. But he comes in and uh, they called security on him because he was like having a seizure. 
but then when he would come out of the seizure, he was kicking and fighting with the nursing staff, and then he would have a seizure again and all that. So we get there, and they, they basically want us to, like, strap him down to his bed. But, like, while we're in the process of doing that, this dude, like, wakes up, and projectile vomited just, like, all over me. And so have all of us been puked on at some point during our professional lives? I've been puked on. Had somebody yeah. shit in the back of my throat. <laughs> that's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. That's the same thing, other end. So. I just, that's where I draw the line is on those type of bloody, bodily fluids. I don't I don't know if I've been puked on or not. I don't think so. I've been bled on. Yeah. Yeah. I deal with yeah. blood, yeah. guts, brains, whatever. Yeah. You shit and vomit. I don't, I don't. <laughs> well, I think like I, some of the worst things that could happen to you in the cop world is you can get puked on, shit on, pissed on, spit on. Bled on. Uh, I, I shudder to think of other fluids that you could come into contact None with. None of that but. stuff bothers me unless I'm at home. Okay, so I can deal with all of that at work. <laughs> no problem. I get home and one of my kids, like when they were, even when they were little, right, they would like have blowouts and shit themselves. And I am going into hysteria. I'm going to puke all over the place. <laughs> like, I'm going to start vomiting. I can't do it, man. Yeah, as a parent. I can't do it. Yeah, as a parent, over. you get vomited on and, and shit on and pissed on more than you do as a cop. That's for sure. And you'll see that very, very, very soon. Yeah. yeah you ready, Ashley? For what? Yes. To I'm... get thrown up on by yes. our child? Oh, yeah. I've been thrown I'm a teacher. I'm... Oh, that's true. Mm. Well, there's I've like, seen lots of There's stages in their age as far as the throw up. Like, baby throw up, spit up. Yeah, it's fine. Like, whatever. No, it's like Once they get to the, like, two, three, yeah. four-year-old there, that... Yeah, five, and they just can produce a whole lot of vomit. Oh, yeah. I woke up one time, and Landry was standing next to our bed, and I could only hear the sound of what would be like spilling, right? (laughs) (laughs) And when, so Landry, or Irene sleeps closest to the door, so like Landry comes in and always goes to Irene's side, right? So I just hear like, like pouring out of a bucket. And I sit up and look over, and vomit's just coming out of Landry. Like, she's not even making a noise. Her mouth is just open, and it's coming out. <laughs> now I just got to know, because I'm, I'm sick and I got to know. The inmate that was, like, seizing out and puking on your first day, like, what was the consistency of the puke? Was it, like, real liquidy? or was Yeah, it no, it was super liquidy because he was detoxing, so it had oh, a lot okay. of, like, it had... I, I guess it had a lot of like stomach acid and stuff in okay. it because he was detoxing so yeah. hard. So just think about rolling around in some dude's vomit with all the acid <laughs> and then just pulling him out and Ew. yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, okay, we're gonna circle back and recap. So you you leave the the courthouse and then tell us a little bit more about how you get to where you are now and then tell us about what you do now. Yeah, so I did the courthouse for a while and then I came out to patrol. Jones was my uh, my FTO, and so I got FTO'd on his shift, and then did that for a while, and then went to, of course, another shift. And so I worked in patrol for, I don't know, four years, three, four years, and then uh, got offered a position in CID. So I did investigations, and then have kind of just moved around and done some different things now. Yeah. And now I just, I, would, I actually do the uh, admin support, which is a fancy way of saying compliance and BS. Mm-hmm. Okay, real quick, just because I know you, and, and I know you've told this story before. You uh, you have an interesting story about your first day on patrol as well, don't you? Yeah, almost shot a guy on my first day on patrol. <laughs> okay. So we got a, uh, we'd gotten a call this first thing in the morning. I think we were actually still going over my FTO book, and that guy had stolen all those guns and stuff. Uh, 
And so all day long, we're just working to track this guy down. So we're up in Sunray and they tell us, hey, you know, this guy lives here. This is what he drives, blah, blah, blah. So we drive by and it's actually his girlfriend's house. Mm -hmm. So his girlfriend, we pull up because the truck's there and she's screaming, saying that he's in the room. He's got a shotgun, all this other stuff. So me and my FTO go through the door and uh, he comes out and there's a couch. It's which everybody knows how meth head houses are, right? Mm -hmm. There's just well. shit everywhere. <laughs> and the furniture is never arranged like a normal <clears throat> no. house would be arranged. No. So there's just like giant couch in the middle of the uh, of the living room. So to get to the room, I had to like jump over the couch. Well, as I'm jumping over the couch, the guy is coming out of the room. So I'm like going over the couch and I have my gun in a weird way. And so I'm like, <laughs> you know, screaming at him. Which he didn't have anything. The shotgun was in the room, but he wasn't he yeah. wasn't actually coming out with a gun. So, yeah, fun stuff. I was just like, oh, I love this job. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah. And then every day after that was nothing like that. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be every day. Well, no, it's so not. Cool. You weren't here, but uh, Fithin's uh, first day was yeah. was uh, super intense, too. With I the, shot someone, too. Yeah. yeah. With the And it was the person was armed. Yeah, yeah. We, we got a call to... Um, the local laundromat here in town about a lady with a gun threatening to kill people and sure enough showed up and there's a lady with a gun threatening to kill people and <laughs> it would have been a justified shoot but no one took the shot we didn't really have to we weren't quite at that force where it was, at that point where it was going to be forced yet and it, it ended well did, did but, do you have anything on your first day yeah my first not my first day my whole all fdo was basically a lot of dwis and got mm. a lot of scraps and stuff but wasn't yeah. until we got until I got out on my own that you know it kind of got a little wild. Mm -hmm. The whole thing with the other guy Billy that <clears throat> we might have on the show later on. Uh, yeah. yeah, probably real soon. One of his yeah. accidents was one of my okay, first night shifts first. on my own. Really? Okay. Yeah. That was a that was a whole crazy night. So yeah. my first night out on my own. So of course we were you know Friday Saturday Sunday we work and so <laughs> Friday night. I got into, we had two car chases. My first night that they cut me loose, had two car chases. And then the Saturday, we had two car chases. So, I mean, it's just, I don't know why it happens like that, but it kind of yeah, seems that yeah, when you just don't ever know. Yeah, when you're, when you're fresh to it and you're yeah. just getting into it, yeah. like shit just happens and you yep. better figure it out. Or <laughs> sink yeah. or swim, man. Yep. Do you remember your first day, Jones? Uh, we, we talked about that, 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 that first 40 years ago. But yeah, was, yeah, that was, I mean, they didn't Policing even really, in the 70s was weird. They, they didn't have calendars yeah. back then, so it's hard to even tell. Okay. I couldn't remember. He's the reason we have all these rules now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They send all of us to like these sensitivity trainings when they should be sending the guys that have been yeah, in. Right. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. We don't have to do it. Yeah, I know. They're like, no, you've been in long enough. Don't do it. You know, I think there is some kind of like, there's some kind of curse where like when you have a, uh, a new boot, you know, someone someone who's fresh out of the academy. I swear, that's whenever like the weirdest stuff pops off. Yeah, like, oh yeah, no one's ever seen before. But it's like, hey, there's a new guy. So the powers that be just decide, like, oh yeah, like we're we're gonna send something super wacky. So what's some of the the wackiest, wildest, craziest things? Yeah, and there's so seen? many, right? I mean, I think we all have just like these these crazy weird ones. But it was easy for me to answer that question when I was new. 
and now yeah. it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. yeah as time goes yeah. on, you're just like, oh, yeah, oh, and then something will happen. Yeah, that, that was in the yeah. find crazy. Like, what, yeah. well, what's crazy yeah. to us might not be crazy to the next when person. When you, you feel true. like you'll remember it, yeah. and, and then, because oh, yeah. I mean, I've got 20 years, and I always I thought, well, I'll remember that. Well, a few years goes by, and all these other weird, wacko things happen, mm-hmm. and then you yeah. you forget them. I mean, yeah. it's, it's yeah. and then you can kind of maybe if somebody says something, it cures you your memory, and you're like, memory. Yeah. oh, yeah, that, exactly. that happened. Yeah. But it's, uh, I, I wish I would have been writing it down and like taking pictures, even with the car accidents. I wish I would have been taking photos of them. Mm-hmm. Because I could put on a hell of a program for a high school, of, yeah. Of like, this is what happens if you. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, drink and drive or, or, or text <laughs> and drive. They could just see inside whatever. your brain for a second, and they yeah. Yeah. they'd understand. There's a lot to do that. Yeah. Well, see, because so my friends that are not involved in law enforcement or anything like that, like I'll get questions from them, like, oh, you know, like you must have an exciting job, you know, cop, like probably see some some crazy things. I hear that a lot. And then when we were actually doing research for this podcast, um. That's probably been that. That is the number one thing that people said about like, like, hey, what would you like to see on a podcast with a bunch of cops on it? And I want to hear all the crazy stories about what you guys do and everything. And so it's kind of the idea of like define crazy is everyone does have kind of a different definition, I think. But I don't know. I could tell. I, I know we've already discussed stories about naked ladies on meth, and I mean. Crazy ladies, you know, people guns, dying in front of us. Dying. I mean, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah like, I mean, there's golly, there's so many. I'll tell you one of the, the one of the times I've been most terrified in my life. Okay, and it's a it's a it's a funny story, but I was I was new and I was on night shift, and mm-hmm. so we it's foggy and I'll never forget it was. I mean, you could barely see, but I was up near Sunray, so we get a call about a lady in her car that's dead on the side of the road. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, of course. It takes forever to get there because you're driving slow. So yeah. I get there, and then I think Cody was with me. And so then Cody gets there. And sure enough, I like I run up to this car, and there's this really big lady. And she is passed out behind the car. And so I'm, like, shaking her. I'm shaking her. And I can't tell if she's breathing or not. I'm, ma'am, ma'am. So I grab her arm, and I'm, like, trying to find a pulse. And Cody looks at me and goes, can you feel the pulse? And I said, her arm's too fat. I can't feel anything. <laughs> so about that time, she wakes up and she goes, ah! and it scares the shit out of me. I mean, it's, dude, I jump back and it, it was it was terrifying. And I was like, because I I was under the impression that the lady's dead, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then this lady just wakes up, and now I'm thinking we're in a zombie type situation, <laughs> right? Yeah, the zombie apocalypse started with you. Yeah, so. but I'm telling you, this lady's arms were like probably the size of my thigh, and so I'm just like reaching around trying to feel her. Was pulse. she in talks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was drunk. She was drunk. So of course, get her out of the car. She's gonna go to the hospital. And she says, I'm not going to the hospital. I'm like, listen, you need to go to the hospital. Like, you're, yeah. you're. And she's like, I'm not going to the hospital. I'm like, you're either going to jail or you're going to the hospital. She turns and she looks at me and Cody. And she says, I want you to take me to jail so I can go to sleep. We're like, all right, lady, you're under arrest. Let's go. Say less. Cool. Yeah, we can, we can arrange that. Yeah, okay. So she went to jail that night. Uh, we almost went on your FTO. We almost, that lady came at us with a, a dad. Yeah, coming I forgot out about that. Coming that. out of that. In that uh, the kind of a motel it wasn't a hotel it was more of a motel but we were it was a wanted guy out of new mexico we had sent a, us a teletop on i had a ton go on during my during my fto phase i feel like we were in something all the time uh but so yeah we get we get a call hey this you know cps says this guy's holed up in this hotel room 
and uh, he's got these kids. We got to get these kids. So whatever. Did so he we have got a warrant out of New Mexico? Yeah, he had a warrant out of New Mexico was for violence tendencies. So you remember that we went to the wrong hotel room. That remember because yeah. it was. So we show up and they tell us it's this hotel room. So we're beating on the door, beating on the door, and nobody answers the door. Well, the room next next to us opens. What well, turns out it's that guy, and they shut the door. Actually, I think it was a girl, the, the girlfriend, opened oh, yeah. the door, shut the door. So we realize we're at the wrong motel room. So we go next door, and we're we're beating on the door, beating on the door. So finally, lady comes out, and at the last second, we realize she's holding a knife. So draw down on her, drop it, drop it. Well, the lady had the knife because she didn't know what was happening, and she didn't even realize that she was coming out that she still had that knife in her hand <coughs> until oh. we almost shot her. <laughs> and then she really, because when she really, she looked down, she looked at that knife, and then she dropped it. And she was like, "Listen," and, and, I, and I believe that it was sincere because she said, "I didn't even know I came out with that knife." And I think she was just they had ha- jammed that knife between the door so that people couldn't come in. Isn't that right? Yeah, it was. It was so. It was. It was like jammed, stuck into the door. Mm. So when she. She whatever and pulled it out, and then she walked out with it. Like I can't remember, it was like oh, this shit. or like. But she it was brandished towards yeah. us. But we had a we had yeah. a decent yeah. distance between us where we. But it was close. It was, yeah. it was concerning. And then there was yeah. those this contractor dudes were out there barbecuing and drinking beers. They're like, man, that was like watching an episode of Cops. You know, they're all they're like contractors. You know, at this so then motel. We, so then she's like, nobody's in there. Nobody's in there. We go into the hotel room. And the bed's like this, right? So it's like up on one side, lifted up, and he's underneath that bed. And we're like, you really thought that high? Because yeah. it was just like it was box springs and a mattress. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's so just he like, couldn't, he's, he's he like, don't move, they can't see me, you know? <laughs> you walked in, and it was just like, oh, the, the bed was off. It was, well, it was a typical meth story. Made the attempt, yeah. Golly. But just stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like my FTO, we had so much going on all the time. Yeah. And that's good for you. I mean, that's yeah, good. I, guess, I mean, you, yeah. you got a lot of training in there. Yeah, I you do. You got a lot of experience. Well, I remember another crazy thing that happened when I was new and I was still on FTO was, so like day one, like almost shot the lady at the laundromat. And then probably like a couple weeks later, I was like two weeks into into working with the city PD, PD that I was working with. And uh, we get this call about a, a domestic disturbance out on the, the west end of town. And we go out there and uh, it turns into like this like, massive melee but basically what happened was we've got husband at this house and he's drunk and he's been causing a problem with wife and the kids and so she wants him to leave so he's like okay well like i'll leave and he gets his car keys and he's trying to drive away so wife actually has called the cops trying to say like hey like my husband is about to be on the road drunk and like i want y'all to not let him do that so we show up and um we, we see him about to get in, into his truck, and so he gets detained, and we're trying to figure the situation out. Well, um, we attempt to make some arrangements to get him to stay with a brother or another family member or his cousin or friend or a hotel, like something, just to get him someplace else where he's no longer, you know, causing a problem with his family, and he's also not on the road. Well, this dude is not having it. He's like, no, like, I'm, I'm going to drive this truck, like, and y'all can't stop me. And so the decision is ultimately made like, hey, he's out like way out in his driveway in the public view. He's to make a scene. He's, you know, the determination is made that he's at this time, he's a danger to himself and potentially others if he gets on the road. So we place him under arrest for public intoxication. 
And the nanosecond that we go to put handcuffs on him, we've got his wife coming out fighting with us. We've got his brother coming out. His brother lived next door to him. Brother's coming out and fighting with us. Cousins are coming out fighting with us. Dad and mom are coming out. Um, it's crazy. So, like, there's, let me think, there was, like, four officers out there at this point because it was a, it was kind of a sketchy sketchier part of town and we kind of figured there might be a, a problem not to this level but everyone comes out and uh it, it was pretty scary because um like i'm brand new and i don't really know what being a cop's all about just yet but i know that we're severely outnumbered and this also is happening at, like in the middle of the night so it's dark i can't even see like how many people are coming at us and everything but people are throwing bottles at us i'm pretty sure someone threw a brick at us uh, we're trying to take this one dude to the ground, um, to get him into custody. And then his brother is jumping in. So I jump in and fight with the brother. And then while we're fighting with him, there's people running up to us, grabbing stuff on our belts and our vests and all that, trying to pull stuff off of us. So we're like turning around. I'm just punching people in the face, like right and left. <laughs> like, I don't even know who they are, but like just trying to get people <laughs> away from us. And, uh, anyway, we, we end up getting... The initial guy that was getting arrested for PI, get him into custody and they, they start dragging him. A couple of my coworkers start dragging him to a cop car. Well, at this point, we're so outnumbered, like we could probably take everyone on scene to jail for various crimes. Um, but we decided hey, we kind of got to cut our losses. But like the dude's brother, he's got to go to jail. He's a huge problem. He's assaulted multiple officers. He's got to go. So me and my field training officer at the time um, go to to take this dude down, and he's a he's a big boy. He's he's a big tall guy, and uh, he doesn't go down easy. But we're trying to wrestle him to the ground, and then a taser gets deployed, and that locks him up. And as he starts to fall, uh, he actually smacks his head on a mailbox, which was really funny. And then he falls in like this mud pit that's like out in front of the house. It's just this real muddy area. I think it had rained recently. But I remember wrestling with this dude in the mud and he's bleeding, we're bleeding. And so I remember like I, the sensation, like the mud was really cold and it was getting everywhere, but the blood was really hot. And so <laughs> like, it was, it was real weird to have like hot spots on your hands and your face and everything and everything else be cold. Um, but then at that time, someone ran up behind me and my partner and uh, they tried to grab something off my partner's belt but their hand like got caught up in the cable to his radio, like his radio went to his mic and they, whenever they yanked away at it, it pulled his radio out of his radio pouch and it swung up and around and smacked me in the back of the head. (laughs) 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 And, uh, Oh, I forgot to mention too, before the taser was deployed and we landed in the mud, um, I'm, I'm wrestling with this dude trying to get him, you know, to into custody I hear someone run up behind me and I, I kind of like embrace myself because I know they're coming up behind me to hit me. So like, as I turn my head to look around, I just boom, take a good, good punch, like right to the back of my jaw. And uh, I wore glasses at the time. And so it, the hit was so hard, it, it knocked my glasses off. But uh, like it, it kind of rang my bell and I turned back around to see who hit me so I can fight with this dude. It's actually not a dude, but it's the guy I'm fighting, fighting with's mom. And she's like a probably 60 something year old (laughs) Mexican lady. And so she's screaming at me in Spanish and she's calling me all sorts of 
names I didn't know what they meant at the time, but I learned quickly that I was a puto and a potato <laughs> all that. And so yeah, so I, I like I had this like weird little blip in the fight where I like I kind of look at her and I'm like about to like deck her in the face and I'm like I hit this old Mexican lady. So I turn around and keep fighting with the dude I'm fighting with. That's why she called you a puto because you wouldn't hit her back. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised she didn't get like a chunk out. Me. But anyway, we end up in the mud with this dude. We're fighting him. And then the whole time that's happening, um, by this point, um, my partner and I are fighting with this dude. And my sergeant um, has come over there and is helping us try and get him into custody. Big, strong dude. Um, but while we're all on the ground in the mud with this dude, the old lady has now come over and is just kicking my sergeant in the back over and over and over again, just kicking and kicking. And so my sergeant calls out to the fourth officer that was on scene. He's like, hey, like, come, like, come get this bitch off of me. She's kicking me. And come and we get her. So we end up arresting the initial dude for PI, his brother, and their mom, like, all, all at once. And so we're, we're we kind of get the crowd cleared away and everyone's... Everyone's all tore up. There's stuff missing everywhere. There's gear all over the place. Well, like we just got to get out of here. So we go get in the cars and everything, and we're loading up our, our two new arrestees. And then we look back at the car where the initial arrestee went, and the back door is hanging wide open. Oh, and he's man. not in there. And so, we're, well, how did that happen? Well, it turns out uh, we didn't realize it at the time, but in all the chaos, they put him in the back of the cop car, and got him situated in there, shut the door, and they locked it. But uh, the officer that had arrived on scene at that time to help us out was in a little bit of a rush and left the keys in the ignition. And so when they locked it with their, their key fob, um, there's like a safety feature on the vehicle. So it just automatically unlocked right after they locked it. So mm. someone, we don't know who, we suspect it was the dude's, it was actually the dude's wife, the lady who called us, um, went over there and let him out. So, but he's in handcuffs still, so we believe, and so we don't know where he is. He's running in the wild somewhere with yeah. handcuffs still. Yeah, he's he's running around somewhere in the neighborhood <laughs> handcuffed, and so um, we take who we can to jail, and we're we're processing that, and then we form a little search party basically to go look for this dude, and we look for for a while, can't find him, and then um, we find out that he's actually. Uh, showed up and wants to turn himself in because he couldn't get the handcuffs off. <laughs> yeah. All that's all that's like normal stuff that they can teach you through the academy though, right? They teach you mm -hmm. how to fight. They teach you how to defend yourself. Yeah. Let me tell you what they don't teach you about is weather. Okay. So like yeah. my first my first actual weather event, I've been a deputy for all of about like, I don't know, four, five, six months at this point. And I'm scheduled to go to a storm spotter class like the very next week, right? Like I'm, I'm supposed to go the, the very next week. So we get a weather event and they send me out to the Northwest part of the County. And of course we all switch over to the emergency EOC channel, right? Switch over there and my phone rings and it's Tommy, the EOC coordinator, right? He says, Hey, I'm looking at something on the radar here. Do you see a wall cloud? I don't know what the hell a wall cloud is. <laughs> I have to look on my computer, my laptop that's in the car, I see Google, what is a wall cloud? And there's like pictures. And I'm looking at the clouds and I'm like, yeah, I think there's a wall cloud here. I don't know what a wall cloud is. I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm just like, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a wall cloud out here. So then I'm like reading what it is. 
there was probably not a wall cloud, but that's that's <laughs> the cut like that's the stuff people don't realize that we do too, right? So yeah. we're we're a jack of all trades. Whatever we're we're sent to do or whatever mm-hmm. needs to be done, we just do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Even if we don't know what the hell we're doing, send the cops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any kind of emergency or concern whatsoever, <laughs> then call the cops. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think new guys do have a curse. Always getting into, some, into something, and then in a way, that curse never really leaves. Because, like you're saying, you're always gonna end up being asked to do something that you have no idea, like how to even address it. Well, you've uh, never done it before. Our but. two newest guys, day two, both of them had something happen. The whole yeah. almost shell that guy, and then Kiros' thing. You yeah. know, and so it's just like <laughs> yeah. it's something about being fresh and being new. Yeah, where it's just like. Here you go. Deal with it. Yeah, well, yeah. And I think we should touch on that, you know, because we've told several stories out throughout, I think probably every one of our podcasts so far about, you know, almost shooting somebody and, and people yeah. out there that aren't complaining and maybe like, man, these guys or what. Well, no, that's what the public doesn't realize is yeah. that there's mm-hmm. um, so many situations that where you technically probably could, you yeah. know, use lethal force and cops don't and, and, don't, yeah. and everybody in their career as many more stories where they mm-hmm. didn't do something they could have, you know, lethal force wise, yeah. uh, because they just, you know, they waited and tried to find other options and things yeah. like yeah. that. And I don't think uh, people realize that because they're going to hear these stories like, mm-hmm. wait, hey, we almost shot somebody. Because oh, yeah. we, all of us here have almost shot yeah. somebody yeah. in a multiple or, 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 you know, a few times because we were in a situation where we could have, yeah. but we don't because we, that's not what we want to do. No. Yeah. We want to stay away from doing that. I uh, had some guy on it. I can't remember exactly. It was a long time ago, but a DWI arrest, and he started getting froggy with me, so I got him on the ground. Well, the passenger, for whatever reason, ran around and was like, was diving through the or leaning through the driver's side window, with grabbing around in the car, and I'm by myself out in the county, so I'm like on this guy's kind of on his back, the suspect suspect I had, and then I'm pointing my gun at this guy, and he's reaching around in the vehicle and stuff. Well. I think he grabbed a wallet or he's grabbing something out of there and he took off running. But like even that, I mean, there's all these situations where you sit there and, hey, I can wait a few seconds and determine what's going on. And sometimes that can get you killed. Yeah. But oh, yeah. And sometimes it, it saves the suspect's life because you mm-hmm. just wait and, 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 and see what's going to happen. But yeah, there's so many situations we have like that that people don't realize because nothing happened. So it doesn't make the news, which is a mm-hmm. good thing. Yeah. But the general citizen doesn't realize that yeah. we're faced with those those decisions. A lot more often than people think. And that's yeah. exactly what I was going to say was, especially at smaller departments, I think people would be surprised to know how many use of force encounters mm-hmm. cops actually have. Because a lot yeah. of times people think, well, if you live in a small town or you live in a small community, yeah, that never that. happens. But we're <laughs> faced, our guys, I mean, just within our department alone, are faced with that almost constantly mm-hmm. where you're mm-hmm. pulling your gun out and you almost get into a use of force situation. Yeah. But I mean, even statistically speaking though, uh, nationwide, the amount of times that use is actually used use of force or deadly force. I mean, compared to encounters that cops have, well, it doesn't even measure 1%. No, it's not even 1%. Yeah. Of what yeah. you, Cause you're taught, depending on what, what studies you look at, you're, you're talking 300, 320 million contacts yeah. a year with law enforcement whether it be a traffic stop, a call for service, or whatever they do, I think across the United States, they call it 300 million. And I think there's only around 1,000. Uh, and this is from the Obama Department of Justice as far as like the 1,000 officer-involved shootings, or at least deaths 
uh, 500 yeah. to 1,000 yeah. out of 300, and, and caught 300, even 300 million contacts. Mm-hmm. That's a very extremely low percent. But think of how many of those contacts are probably justifiable use of force that they could have gotten into. Well, many it, more they, than the 500 just, to 1,000. And just exactly yeah. what you're saying, they found a way to either de-escalate it or whatever the case may be, yeah. and nothing ever happened of it. And you, you don't know? hear about those. No, you don't. No, no. Well, no. I think it's like just myself. Like, I haven't been a cop for a super long time. I'm going on like four years, but... I think that in that four years, like, if I would have pulled the trigger every time that I could have and it would have been justified, I would have probably killed a dozen people by now. But, like, I'm very glad that I've never had exactly. to do it. Well, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, yeah, there's just, I, a, I just most, because you're justified to do something, like, <laughs> right. technically doesn't mean. Yeah. But sometimes you, and you but there's, there's a flip side to that is yeah. that waiting has got officers killed yeah. before because right. they've, yeah. they've waited and then they were, you know, it was too late and the person got the jump yeah. on them or, or you know, uh, mm-hmm. they just waited too long and they yeah. got themselves killed. So oh, it's yeah. a, oh, yeah. a double edged sword. Yeah, it's sure. a double edged sword. It's very dangerous, yeah. but it's um, I don't yeah. know. It's yeah. I, I think it just goes to show though that like, and the stats, the stats back this up that obviously the overwhelming majority of cops in America today don't want to kill anyone. Yeah, well, and we're really good at what we do, and and part of that is all this training that we go into, right? The de-escalation, mm-hmm. or just having. Just having a normal conversation with somebody yeah. when you're in those situations, and I'm mm-hmm. talking about the person that you're dealing with, right? Oh, yeah. We're re- we're actually really good at. If you look at the stats from all over the U.S., cops are actually really good at what they do. Well, you compare it to the say. medical field, yeah, yeah where exactly. Between forty thousand and ninety thousand, you know, I, I don't know if it's deaths or or injuries on. Uh, it's deaths. It's yeah, because we went to that training okay. together. Yeah, deaths, and you don't hear about that, but mm-hmm. that's a, that's way higher than. And I don't know what the. Uh, number of like medical encounters would be but probably much less than 300 million which what we would have as far as police contacts yeah but oh yeah um i thought about uh talking about and uh, see what you guys want to go with this but there is a um of course there's there's uh, officer involved shootings that we've all seen that we haven't liked right they're out mm-hmm. there oh, yeah. but there there's one of them um and it's a more well actually it's not a high profile profile one because nothing was really said about it but it's on uh January 6th were uh, in the oh, capital yeah. that uh, that capital officer yeah. shot that unarmed female that was climbing through a window. Now mm-hmm. that yeah. very well could have been a restricted area. Like, um, is we have a uh, nuclear weapons facility in our area where there's restricted areas and they can shoot you if you just go across that plane. Right. But I don't know what that area she was going yeah. to was. But the uh, unarmed female was shot. I've seen the video. It was on mm-hmm. uh, I think YouTube or I mean I've seen oh, it. Yeah. So oddly enough, yeah. I, I did a lot of research into that right because I was intrigued by what was the her whole, name. But I can't remember her name, but. Um, I did a lot of research on the whole January 6th thing, right? Because you're fed one thing. You're fed one thing by the media or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it's not until you actually look into everything that happened. But what it was, was there's the, I think it's the speaker's gallery. It's right behind where the floor is. And they were moving all of the people that were on the house floor through that gallery to get them down in the tunnels and get them out of the Capitol. So when they had busted that window, there were actually con- members of Congress in that area, and of course senators and all that were in that area. And oh, yeah. when she busted through that that window, they perceived that as a threat. They didn't know, and since all of them were in one area and they had busted through that, that's why that guy shot her. But that's what it was: is she was going into, which I guess would be a restricted area, right? But uh, not in the sense that it holds state secrets or anything, but it was the fact that all of the, the Congress members were there together. And maybe that, that justified, because restricted, you know, a restricted area yeah. versus a, a lethal force area, you know, that's a, now, 
we should be clear that us as, as local and, and state, county, mm-hmm. uh, city law enforcement can't do that. But the yeah. feds <clears throat> are working under a, a different set of rules as far as stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but restricted areas, for the most part, you can't just shoot people. I mean, you know, to protect them. Well, and the, yeah, amount, and the amount of people that were in that building at that time was total chaos, and they couldn't get medical help to that lady. So they were trying. I mean, well, she took it to so, the chest, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they wouldn't, but they was, they couldn't. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, but like they there was it was just complete and absolute chaos, and it was that whole that whole thing was a, it was a bad deal. Whatever side you sit on it on, yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. You had a bunch of cops that were trying to do their job, and a lot of people thinking that they were doing the right thing, and it was just it was creating just. Chaos well, and you all had over some, the place. you had some undercover cops in there too that were doing some, some, uh, yeah, eyebrow yeah. raising things as far as inciting uh, a crowd and things like that. That's very, yeah, uh, interesting, I guess, would be one way to put that's it, but way, uh, yeah. concerning would be another way to put it. Yeah, um, I'd like to see more details it, on that. It was just a, it was an interesting situation just because, yeah, everybody always considered the far right people, the mm. back to blue type people, and then all of a sudden, yeah, all these been, supposed of far right people are up against all these cops and it's yeah. like yeah this is it, it was just ain't like who's you know yeah. who's fighting who here now? you know what go ahead well i was just uh what do you guys think would have happened if it was some kind of similar situation but it wasn't the capital would say it was in la or dallas and it was a um i don't know some kind of a it wasn't a federal building but it was a restricted area and there was an unarmed person going through a window and i don't mean homeowners right because here in texas mm-hmm. i mean you've got a castle doctor right to protect sure. yourself but let's say it was just a an officer protecting some type of a business, all right, and an unarmed person was going through a window. How much fire would have occurred in that city due to that shooting? Yeah, oh and, and cars flipped over and people rolling around on the ground. Just say it was city do. hall in L.A. And, That's uh, a very good example. I mean, Excellent. A city hall yeah. in L.A. and an anti-police protest and an unarmed female is going through the window of the city hall in L.A. and a cop shot her. Would LA even be a city anymore? Right, it would imploded. So, <laughs> so I think I know this, is, but one thing that's really interesting to me, right? And I'm not, if you've ever watched a presidential inauguration, everybody knows what I'm talking about. But you know that tunnel where the president comes out of, where everybody actually comes out before the president takes the oath. One of the main, I don't know if you want to call it a battle or or encounters that happened was the protesters actually came through that tunnel. And Washington uh, PD Metro and Capitol Police were on the other side of that tunnel and they were clashing there in the middle. And I thought the fact that these people are here protesting a presidential election, right? They, they don't want the votes to be certified the presidential election. And one of the major clashes actually happens in that tunnel where there, where the president walks out to swear the oath of office. I thought there's some irony in that whole yeah. thing, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and what, again, whatever side you may be on, uh, at the end of the day, there was a bunch of people that got hurt, whether it was just normal citizens or a bunch mm-hmm. of cops. You know, some of those cops were uh, had to be medically retired because there, one in particular, he got drugged through with that crowd. He was at the front line. Mm-hmm. And what would happen was the guys at the front would become tired. So the guys at the back would push their way through. So the guy just gets to the front and they finally are able to push the protesters out of that tunnel. And he gets pulled into the crowd, and they're beating this guy. And they beat him so badly, this this Washington Metro PD guy, they beat him so badly that I think he had to, they, they had to be medically retired. But to that point, 
the some of the protesters realized what these other protesters were doing to that cop and they scooped him up and they were getting him out of the way mm-hmm. and actually got that cop back to to the other police officers they built almost this this force around him and pushed their way through the crowd to get him to the other PD officers so that they could get him some help we'll, we'll never know what all elements no. were in that crowd i mean you've yeah. got people there to incite it you've got Obviously, far right people. I think you probably have some people on the other side as well, just right. stirring things up. Although, to be clear, those far right folks were were doing that and and more. But you had a, I guess maybe a conglomerate would be the right word of different like, I don't know, varieties of people and stuff yeah. with different ideas in this large ass ideologies clusterfuck of a yeah. protest. You know, one of the problems, one of the biggest problems though, one of the reasons yeah. we'll never actually know what what actually happened, which. You can't trust the government anyways, right? But the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, builds this committee of people who are going to give the result that she wanted them to give. So we're never going to know. And there were a couple of Republicans on there, but they were handpicked Republicans that she knew were going to be. Yeah, they they were going to be the ones that sided with whatever Pelosi wanted them to side with. And that's part of the problem. I will never actually know. I wish they would have got a middle of the road. Like, I I don't know what the numbers were, but um, call it six Democrats, middle of the road, and six middle of the road Republicans. Call them even rhinos if you want. Yeah. And then put them together and be like, hey, figure this out because we as American citizens deserve answers to why this happened and how we can stop it and people held accountable yeah. and all that. But, but that's not what happened. But you know why that, that didn't happen? Is because that doesn't sound good on an election sound no. clip. That doesn't sound good in two years when you're running for election. A lot of and it doesn't sound good when you when you have another president election coming up where people can say Oh no! You know, we, we were fair. We we're impartial. These it's all about I'm running yeah. for my job. I'm on this side of the aisle, and those people on that side of the aisle are with the people that did yeah, the bad yeah, thing. These politicians all the times aren't looking for the truth. No, which, which we all suffer from that, regardless of what political opinion you have. Yeah, it sucks that our political leaders, or, or at least some, or I'm going to say maybe a lot of them, aren't yeah. looking for the truth. They're just looking for what um, helps their angle, and that's on mm-hmm. both sides of the aisle. 100. It's, it's really it's disgusting. They just want to further their cause. Yeah, yeah. that's it. And yeah. they don't care how much America suffers mm-hmm. for it, regardless of what side they're, side yeah. they're on. As long as you can get reelected every two, four, or six years, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You, you know? make yourself rich, yeah, even though you're only making like 150 thousand a year. Yeah. Then they they're, they're worth millions. Yeah, unless you're yeah. unless you're you know scamming the the stock system and yeah. buying stock that you know is about to go up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you had a, 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 a your <laughs> wife had a confidential COVID yeah. briefing, and then all of a it's sudden, called insider trading. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got fired up on that now. I know. What do we talk about? Like, yeah. well, we got all of our other ideas. Within, within centimeters of talking mad shit on the ETF right now. Maybe we should say that for another time since yeah, we've already pissed off the government that, enough That tonight. can be its own episode. So, Well, hey, but I think that does just what we're talking about now. I don't think that uh, a lot of the average citizens, if you will, would think that they're probably just like, hey, man, they're cops, and so they're going to tie, uh, tow the government line and agree with everything oh, the government yeah. puts out. Oh, That's yeah. couldn't be further from the truth. We're normal yeah. people, just like any other citizens, with yeah. their own personal beliefs yeah. and yeah. own issues with the with the government, and you know how they do business and politicians. Yeah. We're not just you know, swallowing some kind of federal government yeah, appeal exactly. on how to violate people's rights or I, whatever I think, it is. I think that's a big misconception. I know we've talked about this before, but I like a lot of friends that I talk to that aren't involved in law enforcement. Like there is kind of this belief that like all cops, whether you're a city cop, county deputy, state police, federal police, whatever, almost like all cops are like one big hive mind. And we all yeah, exactly. like, worship the law, like whatever it is. And that's what we do. And, and we're just, you know, suit we hold super true to that at all times and and we're all the same 
And that is not true at all. And I know last episode we, we talked a lot about how different agencies are different for different mm-hmm. reasons and different communities and different leaders. Well, I know I've run into people that, that think that because I'm a cop that I'm like a gun grabber type guy or, you know, yeah, we ought yeah, to, you yeah, know like yeah. I guess they think it's for our safety or you think we would believe that way. But like I know all four of us <laughs> politics at this table, we're all big time, uh, yeah. you know, gun rights folks and, and think people yeah. should have the right to bear arms and yeah. all that. We're not oh, yeah. against that. Well, and, and it's a lot like, are. and I think COVID really amplified that, right? So like yeah. people who believed there were, there were two types of people, people that believed you have to wear masks all the time. You're going to wear masks right now mm-hmm. and you're terrible if you don't. And other people that said, wait a minute, I don't want to wear a mask. Right. And I don't believe that I should have to be wearing yeah. a mask. And so how many calls or complaints do we get <laughs> or even, you know, through our crime stoppers organization and stuff of, nuts, of yeah. this, these people aren't wearing masks and they're and whatever side you were on. I'm not <laughs> no, saying yeah. you're right, wrong, but the thing about it is, if you felt the need like you should wear a mask, then you should wear a mask. And and if that's what makes you feel safe, then you should be allowed to do it. And people who don't want to wear masks shouldn't criticize you for it. But vice versa, if mm-hmm. a person chooses not to wear a mask, that's their choice. And the person who wants to wear the mask shouldn't be able to criticize and yell at them and treat people like dog crap mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. they don't want to wear it. You know, right. it's all about personal freedoms all the way around. Should be. Yeah, yeah it yeah. should be. With yeah. whether that's guns, whether that's with the COVID stuff, but that COVID completely amplified well, that. you know we had applicants yeah. from new mexico because where we're at in texas isn't too terribly far from yeah. new, new mexico and uh, i remember uh interviewing one guy that and we won't get too specific on it but he talked about how he was done with that governor in new mexico because yeah. they literally as law enforcement in that town he was working in had to go and enforce these basically screw businesses yeah. up and over mm-hmm. because they were for some reason i i guess um i wasn't uh uh didn't understand it and probably nobody at this table will, but apparently after 10 o'clock at night, COVID got super strong because, <laughs> because businesses in, in New Mexico, I guess it was, maybe it was bars. I think it was a bar, but he would have to go in with his, his crew, these New Mexico cops and shut the, like they had, they were fine in this bar because they were staying open past 10 and, and, yeah. What the hell difference does it make if it like the, does COVID get worse yeah. at ten? Well, of course it like it'd be the same <laughs> at any hour of the day. But mm-hmm. some stupid ass rules, and he's like, I'm tired of enforcing this. Yeah. It's not police work anymore. We're like becoming agents of the New Mexico government. Yeah. And he was done. Well, he quit before he even had a job. Yeah. And and that's uh that's that's that says something. I'm thank God we're in Texas. He's like, bro, we like. I moved to Texas just because of that. I couldn't stand the government in New Mexico. We are yeah. fortunate to live where we yeah, live. Yeah. I mean, Texas, is, uh, how many people are fleeing to Texas? I mean, a lot, a lot right? Yeah. And I think that speaks to just the freedoms that everybody gets to have here the, in the, Texas. But the, down, the, the problem with that is, though, is they, yeah. they flee from, let's call it, I don't know, California, yeah. the Republic of California, <laughs> and then they move to Austin, and they try to make it like California, the very thing that they, they fled, which yeah. is Yeah, yeah so they love, they, love doing, they love that we're doing Texan shit, so do Texan shit mm-hmm. when you get here, yeah. and don't, don't, bring, yeah, don't, bring, yeah, don't bring that California stuff here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, which people yeah. that probably don't, that aren't familiar with Texas, uh, Austin is really not even part of Texas, even though it's capital, it's an island of California. Yeah. Yeah. And if you go to Austin, you yeah. definitely know that. Yeah. Well, some have described it as the tumor of Texas. <laughs> I've called it the ball sack. I think it's the ball sack better. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, like, what happens, like, in the next few years as as Texas begins to become more and more 
Californified. And, so. it, and I mean, just look at the last couple of elections, though, right? So you had the Senate election between Ted Cruz mm-hmm. and Beto O'Rourke. How tight was that race? And then even this race with the governors, the, mm-hmm. with Beto and and um, well, I still think it's like ten points. I mean, 10, I, well, it 10%. was, but it's but even they're working even harder now. Which I mean, I get every election you should work hard for, but the Republican side is working harder because they're seeing more of a. An uprising of yeah. blue, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that gap is closing. Yeah, it's oh, closing, yeah, it is, and it's it and, that, and that's a scary yeah. thought, right? Because we enjoy these freedoms, and we're <laughs> yeah. Well, when you have an indoctrination of yeah, I mean, of youth, especially in colleges and stuff, and then they 100%. you're basically breeding or not breed. Well, you're grooming. Yeah, I don't know voters. Brainwashing. Yeah, brainwashing. brainwashing yeah. A, yeah, that's that's what it is. That's what I think. And then then you've but you do that long enough for a couple of decades, when you get what you've got right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of California folks uh, implants here for uh, certain industries that yeah. come in, but they're not quite. Of course, they come from more rural areas of yeah, California, yeah. so they don't really share the same politics. Well, that's the, the interesting thing about it is those big cities are what's eating up. Like you're looking at California, even Colorado, mm-hmm. uh, even New Mexico. It's the big cities that are it's eating the up. Yeah, yeah, and that's where your most voters come out of. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. just well, the guy from uh, that did some uh, work for us at our department uh, with our camera system. Yeah. Won't mention the the uh, um, company or anything, but he uh, he was from New York State, and he's like, I know you guys think that we're you know of a certain belief system, but he's like, bro, we're like, it's freaking Rochester and New York City that put because yeah. that's where the population is. He said, and they they turn our state blue. He said, but the rest of us mm-hmm. are like y'all Texans. We like hunting. Yeah. We like you know our freedoms so, and things like that's that. Like, that's mm-hmm. like that's like their Austin. And believe it or not, that's exactly why the Electoral College exists and needs to continue to Mm -hmm. exist because otherwise places like Houston and Dallas and New York Mm -hmm. and L.A. You've got a handful of cities literally determining how the United States runs. Yeah, you talk about mm -hmm. if if you ever went to just a straight popular vote, politicians would campaign in those one areas. and you would the other areas would get forgotten. Yeah, you'd get get forgotten. It would be zero representation. 100%, you know. Well, a lot like the area of the state of Texas that we live in now, where where we only get a forty percent return on our taxes that we send, uh, you know, sales tax yeah. that we send down, we only yeah. get forty percent back because the population is not up here as much as down there, yeah. so we don't get a fair representation on our dollar. I don't know if you guys knew that, but that's yeah. a tax thing. I didn't know that, but that's another thing to be irritated by. Yeah. Taxes? <laughs> yes. Unnecessary evil, my boy. But at least we don't have state income tax here in Texas. Yeah. We, it's yeah. just sales tax that runs everything. Yeah. yeah. Right. Pays well, your salary, man. That's true. Yeah, I guess I do. Better how many times you've been told that before? <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, you know how many people like pay my salary, and it's a lot of people. And but, so it's but weird, it, but you pay your, we pay our own too because yeah, we're, we're yeah. contributing to that tax base. I'm paying myself too. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I remember I asked a lady on a traffic stop one time because she was giving me the whole "I pay your salary" bit. And I asked her, I was like, is now a bad time to ask for a raise? <laughs> she <laughs> <You> got pissed. <laughs> Oddly enough, I've never been told that in my career. Really? Nobody's ever really? said that to me that I, I pay your salary. Oh, I've never dealt with that. I've had people say it about like our equipment or our units oh, yeah, stuff that, like that. Yeah, where, yeah, where they're yeah. like, I, I paid for that or I paid for, well, mm-hmm. yeah, you and, you know, 25,000 other people yeah. that are property owners. Now that I have mm-hmm. been told, but never somebody to just come up to me and be like, what are you doing? I pay your taxes. You need to be doing more of this. You know, mm-hmm. I've never actually yeah. had that happen to me. I have had that happen. It's really annoying. Yep. Have any Have any of us at this table ever dealt with a uh, like sovereign citizen type who is gonna put you through the paces of like I know my you rights. know I've I've had some people that um, didn't want to roll the window down or just yeah. wanted to crack it and stuff and you know a lot of times uh, at least in my experience just sensible talk like hey bro like this is gonna be a quick contact like <laughs> yeah. just like. 
I get it, and I get that you you know have issues with like maybe law enforcement or or yeah. or, or, or I guess I don't know speed limit laws and things like <laughs> that. But I'm gonna get your I've got to get your driver's license. I'm gonna get you out of here as quick as possible. I'm not mm-hmm. here to you know jack with you. Yeah. Let's just yeah. let's just let's be adults and let's get yeah. in and out of this. And every time I've talked like that so far, tomorrow what something will change. But <laughs> I, I've, I haven't had any issues. Same. If you don't get all like black and white uh, in the sense of. I'm a cop, I'm a law enforcement officer, and you must do this. Yeah, you just yeah. talk to them like they're a regular <laughs> person. Bro, it, all, it, it like I've had almost always helps yeah. rather than just yeah. sit there and, like, I'm a black and white, not mm-hmm. to knock anybody, but like a motor cop would. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what it is. <laughs> but how many <laughs> other situations can be fixed just like that? Most of them. All, almost in, every one of them. Those encounters go south just because those cops or whatever, they get into this cycle of just well, they can't roll the human, window down they roll the window down yeah. like you will do what i say and it just mm-hmm. doesn't work yeah. like yeah you well, it becomes like this like challenge to your ego and some yeah. some guys yeah. just can't let that go and well you've seen videos like on youtube where the freaking <clears throat> cop for whatever reason won't tell them why they're pulled over yeah yeah like, dude just yeah. tell them there was speed like why did, i'll tell you, know, you when you give me your license i'll tell you when you give me your license why? i'll tell you, yeah, when you give me, yeah just why <laughs> you know, yeah, why yeah. exactly well, like i usually start off my contact with that like like hey you know good evening i'm you know Deputy Pithen with the sheriff's office. Like the reason you were stopped is this. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Yeah, I do yeah. too. I, I, yeah. Why would you it not tell it out of the way? Yeah, yeah. It, it's already out of the way, and then there's like no confusion. I'm like, why are you stopping me? Like, here's why. When yeah. you'll and inevitably you'll have people. Why well, I wasn't speeding? I don't think I was. Hey, listen, we'll figure that out. Why don't you let me have your driver's license and stuff, and then we'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah, more. you yeah. know yeah. why hold yeah. it from? Yeah, yeah just ridiculous. I mean, it's yeah. Just, yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't it's, know. I would never even like. Where did that even come from? I guess nowhere where we went to the academy and all that wasn't a thing. But you see these YouTube videos where the cop is straight up. He is like that. He oh, went, yeah. 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 I don't know if it's in some training in certain parts of the country or mm-hmm. what, but it's a bad idea. Well, yeah. I think maybe it's just a not people skills being able to understand that you can just yeah, talk to people, right? I mean, I think, I'm more than willing to take the loss, man. Just yeah. chuck it up as a loss and get on down the road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have a right to know immediately. Yeah. If I got pulled over, I want to know like why, yeah, yeah. why. I mean, most yeah. of the time the provider knows, but still like <laughs> yeah. it's, there's nothing wrong with telling them right away, like, hey, this is the reason you were stopped. But even oh, yeah. if it's a situation where they just crack the window, if there's enough room to get yeah. a driver's license, give me a driver's yeah, license. Right. We're, yeah, we're getting right. out of here. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Yeah. There's, yeah. Sometimes well, I have problems is, hearing them and stuff where I have them roll down a little bit lower. And, and that's what, and a lot of times that's what they want. They want you to take the bait on. Oh, yeah. Do, oh, yeah, um, yeah. They want to get know. a viral video out of it, yeah. you know? Yeah. But. It's like these first minute first amendment auditors or whatever. Yes, yeah, same yeah. thing, man. They do that same. Well, and there's there's yeah. there's uh, second amendment folks too that walk around with yep. you know oh, yeah, yeah, yeah like, practicing their yeah. their you know right to to bear arms, yeah. but they're they're Which, trying to sit there and <laughs> basically create a situation for law enforcement. Yeah. Some of those cops, you know, especially like on YouTube yeah. stuff, you see them they take that bait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it becomes those become weird situations because it's like they have a right to do it, and that's cool. I'm all for if anyone's for second amendment rights, it's me. But, like, they're doing things like that in such a way where, like, it's calculated panic. So we're going to have people calling 911 like crazy until mm-hmm. they go home because... Well, sure, you're sitting on a busy street corner in the, in the city and yeah. you've, you've got yeah. an AR slung and you're just mm-hmm. pacing back and forth. That's going to generate... I mean, anybody, yeah. like a freaking four-year-old, would understand that that's going to generate a call to law enforcement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, why would you... Yeah. I mean, you can do it, but why, you're just mm-hmm. out there looking for attention. Yeah, yeah, and, like, it, you know, I guess you're within your rights to do it, but it's like... Those those guys, I think, are just looking for. Well, I don't think they're problem. helping the gun calls much either. Not, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, they're looking like idiots, even yeah. though I get that they can do it. But they're yeah, it makes people panic though. Yes, and, and it makes them look like they're mm-hmm. freaking nuts or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and then like the thought that goes through a lot of people's minds is like, well, like 
if that's what the the pro Second Amendment community is all about, like scaring the shit out of people, like yeah, going on about their day. Nobody like, ever has been convinced to, to, to support the Second <laughs> Amendment by somebody walking around at a busy intersection with an AR. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That doesn't yeah. change minds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as a cop, like there's a right way to handle that because, yeah, like they may not be doing anything wrong, but like you're getting called there because a concerned citizen has asked you to go check it out. And so you have the right to go up there and talk to this person and they're going to try and bait you into this thing and get you in trouble, but you kind of have to broach that carefully where you have to be like, hey, listen, dude, like you can, you can do what you're doing, but you're kind of walking a fine line here where if you, and, and they're good about like, if they have their, their rifle with them and it's slung and they're not like actively pointing it at people or anything, that's, that's one thing they're good to do it. But I've also seen videos where the guys are walking around, like they've got a, a rifle slung like at the low ready and it looks like they're like ready to engage mm-hmm. someone with a rifle and mm-hmm. i think you get into a really gray area right there where it's yeah. like hey dude like i don't know yeah if, i don't know that's cool like causes panic right yeah I mean, it's just a... yeah and I, I think you could articulate that that type of behavior to carry a rifle like that in public like would be calculated to alarm people mm-hmm. you know so it's it's kind of a a touchy subject but it's it, that's a really tricky situation for a cop to deal with but, yeah, it is, and, and you see you see cops handle it poorly, and, and you see yeah. some handle it well, but you see a lot of. Yeah. Of course, they're going to put more on the social media where they handle it poorly, but you, yeah. you oh, see yeah. them handle it poorly. Well, if they handle it, it well, then no one will ever see it, right? Yeah, you know, so exactly. Yeah, yeah it doesn't fit their narrative. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it is interesting, interesting to think about. I think too in law enforcement, like just in the career field, you wind up with a lot of uh, type A personalities, like a lot of like kind of very confident kind of almost alpha male types that want to get out there and, you know, do the right thing and, and they want to be really good at what they do and they're very competitive. And I think that kind of feeds into why a lot of these cops get sucked up into their own ego whenever they get baited by, you know, the sovereign yeah. citizen types or whatever where... Yeah, that's your problem. Yeah, now, now it's a competition, you know, like yeah. you're going to give me that license and, and we're going to do this my way and you got to be able to kill the ego and sure. just shut that down and be like, hey, like, what's the mission here? Let's, yeah. just, let's complete that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, well, I can, I can say that I think I know all four of us because I know you guys, you, you guys, we, once we, when we watch a video of a cop doing something wrong, we, like, you cringe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. We, were, we were talking about that, I think <clears> on the, the last podcast, we talked about that female officer that uh, handled that deal wrong and ended oh. up shooting her, oh, yeah. the, the, the guy's the mother. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but Shut like, up. I cringed and I'm just like, God, like, you see all the mistakes that are being made, and you're like, yeah. God, well, stop. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, we hate that. And I, yeah, I think yeah. another thing that people don't realize is that we we yeah. cringe when we watch stuff like that, too, because it's, I, I mean, mean, we don't want that. I've even cringed at my own body cam videos where, like, maybe I didn't do something, like, horrifically wrong and someone got hurt. But, like, I don't know, I went in a house looking for a dude that had a felony warrant, and I don't know, maybe I didn't clear my corner very well or something. I see, I, I see it watching sure. the body cam, and I'm like, ooh, like, I'm glad he wasn't there because I didn't even check. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah. Well, those body cams that they'll uh, they'll they'll show you what you do wrong, which is a good thing. Yeah, you can learn yeah. From it, it is a good thing. But yeah, I'm with you. Like seeing any kind of video of, of cops, even if it's yourself doing cop work and seeing a mistake being made, especially a big mistake like cop shot the wrong person. Yeah, that's yeah. a major cringe factor. Have you seen that video, Jace? No, the, I haven't. It's uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> We all see. Well, you guys watched it after after yeah, our last podcast, right? So yeah. Long story short, it basically this female cop goes to this house to deal with a a guy, and I, I want to say that he has like a felony warrant or something, and um, she's trying to get him into custody, and he's not having it, and 
dispatch is like asking her if she if everything's good or everything's ten four if she needs another unit or whatever and she keeps telling him like yeah everything's good like I'm fine and it's clearly not fine like this is not a fine situation but things get way out of hand and she ends up inadvertently shooting suspect's mom in the house and then suspect like knocks her to the ground and is on top of her and then luckily a ninja yeah a ninja officer gets there and like (laughs) comes in the door assesses what's happening like ninja kicks this dude in the side of the head. <laughs> knocks him out like yeah. knocks him across the room yeah, like, 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 con- like he just walks in there like he, he knew kick. that's what he was gonna do and just fucking <laughs> run this guy yeah, to yeah. freaking it was like the, the side of the like plane. the 300 kick like that's basically what it was is like Dang. he wasn't having it and yeah I'm pretty I wouldn't be surprised if that dude had a gnarly concussion from that it was a good kick <laughs> maybe but the uh, Cowboys uh, need to talk to him because they had displayed last week okay I'll see here we go yeah, but that, that's a prime example of something that went horribly wrong that didn't really need to get horribly wrong, but not to to just talk mad crap on that particular officer because a lot of times you never know what you're going to do until you're there. But yeah. Yeah. I think that's a clear example of like there's a lot of things that could have been done differently and obviously should have been done differently and for whatever reason they weren't. But as an officer watching that video, it kind of makes you think like, man, like, if I was in a similar situation, like I might not know what I would do right now, but I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah, good learning opportunity. Bad body cams. You want to take a break? Yeah, mm-hmm. let's do that. Okay. It is hot as balls in this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I told you, yeah, you were yeah. cold. I'm <laughs> fucking burning up. I'm not hot, but I just. I'm gonna turn the AC. Yeah, on. crank that shit up. Yeah. How long we went? Solid hour. Solid hour, 10 yeah. minutes. Yeah. So it's pretty good. I've done in a patrol car is I got covered in piss on a call and then sat in my car. What? Yeah. I was helping move a dead guy and <laughs> okay. you know, piss all over him. Ew. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's... I can't do that. You, you ever help move him? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that part don't bother to. me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've always helped him. Like, I don't really know if we're supposed to, but I always have, because, like, they'll send, like, like some, like, one fucking dude from, like, the funeral home, yeah. like, some old man, and I'm like, there's no fucking way he's moving <laughs> a big dude, like, so... Yeah, I haven't helped <laughs> <laughs> Are we back on yet? No, no, no okay. I don't think so. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. There's a notepad too, so like anyone who like gets a good thought, like, oh fuck, I want to talk about this, and you don't want to lose it. Like, I'm still, are we ever gonna run out of content? Yeah. Like, we'll never run we out talk about. Well, especially about when we, well, then we start getting other people in here, and then they're, they're, they're different stories. Well, and, like oh, we spun yeah. off way into the Capitol when there was nothing like. Well, it, yeah. what made me think about the Capitol? I don't um, remember something about like we started talking about officer involved shootings, and I'm like, oh, yeah. what am I talking about? And I, and I always. Once you uh, told me about this idea, because um, that that shooting fucking bothers me. All right, I don't like it. The fact that that yeah, you know, and it, it was a it was a African American cop that shot a white woman. Mm-hmm. You flip that around, and if you flip that around, fucking national chaos. Like, yeah, this, I mean the whole city more than there already was. By. Right. Could you do me a favor and clap? Sure. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah, everything's good. Oh, are we are we rolling? Yeah. All right. All right, so we're back from the break, and uh, 
kind of while we were taking a break, we got into a little side conversation that we're going to pick up with uh, Fisher here. Fisher, take it away. So I wanted to bring up shit in your pants stories. <laughs> How many of you guys have ever shit your pants? Like this week? Or... Just in general. <laughs> oh, you ever shit your pants uh, on duty? Yes. I have two. I haven't on duty yet, but I'm open to that possibility. So, dude, I've got a good streak because I, I haven't on duty. I have when I was like at home and sick, but on duty. I so haven't. I think it's important to know that you said that we're, we're waiting too long. Yeah, I, I did yeah, during no, the break. Hey, no, wait. listen, I'm telling you, I'm almost certain that I have something wrong. Yeah. Something wrong with your ass. <laughs> no, listen, because I will. This happened to me last week. I'm pushing a cart through the grocery store right after church. And then it's time to go home right now. I had to, I told my wife, I'm like, get all the groceries and let's go. Like, we got to go now. And we weren't even a quarter of the way done getting our groceries. But I'm telling you, when it's time, it's like, there's no waiting for me. But it's feast or famine. Like, I'll go seven to ten days without taking a shit. And then it's (laughs) insta shit. I think we need, I think Basically, sometime next week, we need to make you an appointment for the I had that one time when, and I think COVID was still messing with me at that point, but I, I went several days and I was asking you about it because I was freaking out. I had all my, because oh, you, ha- you haven't shit? Because I hadn't shit oh, yeah. and I could feel it. It felt like a, and then I had my wisdom teeth issues, which mm-hmm. I think uh, COVID caused also, yeah. but I went to mm-hmm. the dentist and I'm sitting there and I was in more pain of not being able to shit than I was of my wisdom teeth, but um eventually i laid out this like brick you know and it, but it felt like i gave it birth i was like praying when i got help me and then once it once it was done it was over with i mean there's a little collateral damage there but other than that it was good well yeah. look i'm i'm telling you ironically now that i live a healthier lifestyle right like i've lost 70 pounds all that good stuff i used to shit on a schedule not anymore man like it's Sporadic. i don't know what it is i don't know what it is about eating healthy and being fit that it's just it's a ball game Dude, mine's very regular no like my, like usually about eight thirty in the morning when our when one of the custodians is cleaning the the our department bathroom that's when usually i have to go yeah i shit like yeah. i sleep not well so <laughs> my on duty story is more of a short I guess it wasn't like really a, it wasn't a full-blown it wasn't a full-blown like blowout you know okay but I just got a brand new hot off the press 2014 Tahoe for a patrol vehicle. Nice. Mm. And I was on my way to a call and, you know, I thought I just had to squeeze out a little fart. Yeah. And it wasn't a fart. <laughs> and it was wet. Oh, and no. I still had to go to the call. And I remember being. <laughs> what was the call? Like? It was it was something at the ER, but there was a re- Like, I I couldn't, like. Go ten six and go home and change real quick. I had to go take this call for whatever reason. <laughs> and when you know it was a stricter yeah. department that I worked for at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, man, I got to take well, this ER call. call. Could last forever too. <laughs> Luckily, yeah, it, it didn't. Hours. It didn't last forever. But I, I walk into the ER and I, I remember like scooting against the wall the whole time. <laughs> I'm like, I got my notepad out and I'm writing down information and I'm like just making sure my my ass is against the wall the whole time. <laughs> And then I go back out and I go home and change. And then I was like, I'm going to check that seat and make sure there's nothing in it. Sure enough, man, there's a little stain in the seat. So I had to get that cleaned up. So, yeah. Listen, I'm going to tell you. So obviously I don't, I don't wear a uniform anymore, right? Like I you, wear, you wear anything. I don't wear anything to work. Correct. Yeah. 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 I wear a suit to work. Right. So, um, 
when I, the time that I was, didn't ship for like two weeks, right? And I had to go to the doctor mm-hmm. and they prescribed me like this, I mean, high fuel medicine. They're like, this is going to make you shit. So I go to the doctor. Oddly enough, I'm on my way home to the house to take the medicine. And I end up arresting somebody just down the street from my house because I thought, well, there were burglars in the house or whatever. But anyways, take the guy to jail, go home. And I take my medicine. Within like 30 minutes, I shit. Mm-hmm. Well, this is like 11 o'clock in the morning. I don't get off work till 5. Well, I had a meeting like at 2.30. But I am shitting my brains out. <laughs> and it's the meeting that would never end. Right? Oh, no. So I'm in the courthouse for this meeting. And it hits me. And we're, I mean, just we're in the heat of this meeting. And I'm like, hey, I got to go. And the person I was having a meeting with says, hey, don't you want to know this information? I said, email it to me. So I walk out of that office. And I know that if I go down the stairs, I'm shitting my pants <laughs> on the stairs of the courthouse. Right? I go to the elevator. And I'm just like hitting a button. Right? Just hitting it, hitting it. And game over, boy. It just happens. So now, now I'm in my nice, fresh suit. And I'm just like waddling. Hoping to God I don't see anybody in the elevator or the stairs of the courthouse. I'm like, I know if I can get out of the courthouse, like out of the elevator. You're like stuck in there in your own shit. I know that if I can get out of the elevator, I can go straight across the Sally Port, right? And I can go, dude, I was, it was the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me in my entire, and then I'm just sitting in my own shit. (laughs) Like a newborn baby because nobody will change change my diaper. So I had to drive home. It was the most awful thing. While we're on this topic, I want to correct something from our last episode. So I I told a story about having to take a a certain substance to make myself go to the bathroom while I was trying to join the military. I need to correct what that substance was. I said it was magnesium nitrate, which is wrong. I was, just, that's I was explosive or something. That's, that's an explosive, and I don't think that'd be very good for you. Hmm, which it is was kind of the same magnesium thing. citrate. I was, yeah. I was corrected by my wife, who's the uh, nurse. Well, and she causes... made me feel really stupid, so I wanted to correct that before we got too far down the line. Well, yeah, if we were to get if this <laughs> podcast gets popular, there people people will be like, ah, he's you know, like, yeah, he's that guy's an idiot. Hammering you for it. <laughs> you don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> well, to be fair, it also causes explosions of a different kind. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. They're, they're both explosive yeah. Yeah. in different ways. In different ways. That is a everybody. Know. I think everybody. I didn't even know that you could shit your pants past the age, like a certain age or before a certain age. Like I mm-hmm. thought that there was a certain grace period no. where you couldn't shit your pants. Turns out that that is no. actually not the case. But it looks like me and you are the main ones to do it. You know, you've never shit your pants See, before? The, yeah, I have, yeah, when I've been sick and stuff, I have. Yeah, like but not just like on a normal not, Tuesday. Not at work. <laughs> 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 like yeah, a normal yeah. healthy Tuesday. Well, you don't purposely shit your pants. It's just like. So Instantly, not, I need to take a shower day. anyway. Right? <laughs> you know, yeah, sometimes you just gotta waffle stomp it in the shower. You know, there's honestly, I'm I'm like I'm thinking there is probably a good chance that I shit my pants at least once a month. Not purpose, that, right? not on purpose, but like yeah. just that it happens. I think you need, yeah, more, I can't say you need more cheese in your diet. Either more cheese or like at least more milk. The other like, day, my wife and I were having a conversation about something, and I literally just went to lift my leg on the chair, Captain Morgan style, mm. and I didn't even know that I needed to shit until I lifted my leg up onto the chair <laughs> and I shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that's not, that. I agree. That's not normal. Yeah, yeah no, I, that, I don't know. We'll about get that, that checked like, out. 
You might want to, yeah, you might want to see someone. <laughs> if you go to the doctor, they tell you what's wrong, and I'm just not interested in that. Well, y'all yeah, are really, y'all are really worrying me because, like, y'all talking about this makes me think that I'm in like the golden age of not shitting myself. Yeah, you are. Enjoy it, buddy. Yeah. Mm. How old are y'all? Thirty-one. Thirty-one. Thirty-three. Mm. Well, see, I'm 29, so maybe when you hit 30, like the show. Uh, I'm a lot older than everyone here, and I don't, you, I don't do that. Well. Well, you uh, have, but just like, not on well, a yeah, basis. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, like just when I'm sick, like laying on the back. Like if I'm puking, like I've got, you know, some <laughs> kind of wild-ass stomach bug going on, and I'm puking in the toilet, yeah. and then, you know. I think th- most people happens. can relate to that. I mean, that's yeah. like puking. That's yeah. a common Well, puking, thing. and then you shit yeah. yourself because yeah. you yeah. can't. Yeah, yeah. But you got to just shit your pants. Like, you didn't spontaneously. You never spontaneously just shit. Uh-uh. No. Huh. Man, y'all are really worried. What a strange that. phenomenon not to have that happen. <laughs> <laughs> what is it like? I wonder what it's like to be you guys. <laughs> well, now I'm afraid I'm going like, to like, will myself subconsciously to shit my pants. Like, well, like, everybody does this. I'll be like, I'll like, think about it too much, and then I'll be like, yeah. shit myself. All the cool kids are doing it, buddy. It's the equivalent of like when people would say that smoking in high school was cool. Shitting your pants now when you get a certain age is cool. Yeah, you know? I guess, yeah. I'm yeah. just going to be trapped in the courthouse elevator with someone and just... Drop a fucking huge That's, turd in my pants. That is the, that, <laughs> is, listen, that is the most terrifying feeling is that you're going to have to stop and talk to somebody or see somebody and they're going to be like, what is that awful smell coming from you? What, what, what if that was like the one time you got Brandon to get on the elevator? Oh, well, yeah. yeah, no, yeah I don't <laughs> like elevators at all. I'm concerned I'll be stuck in one and so I take the stairs. I'll, I'll climb nine flights of stairs. <laughs> really? You will? Yeah, anytime. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I do not like elevators, dude. They're too closed in. I'm now, those ones that have the, where you can see out of them, like there's some hotels where it's like, I don't know, whatever, glass, but plexiglass, whatever it is yeah. that you can see through, no problem. But when you're trapped in that box and can't see anything, <laughs> they think could potentially get stuck, mm-hmm. I'll just walk, I'll just go upstairs. I went to, we went to a man. class together one time and the bar, it was like 15 stories up, but the bar was at the top of the hotel. And no kidding, Brandon would take the stairs. Every time we went up to the bar, he would, like, climb 15 flights of stairs. <laughs> That's dedication. Yeah, yeah dude. I was, mm-hmm. like, it, it might have been more like 10, but still, that was, uh, it was it was a lot. It was on top of the building. I really think it was more than that because it was, it was high up there. Because you could see yeah. all the Dallas skyline. I mean, it was beautiful, but it was, <laughs> Lots of stairs. It was way up there, yeah. yeah. What are you scared of? Hmm. Spiders. Yeah. yeah, probably spiders and shitting myself now. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm just yeah, scared spider, of it. Just let it happen. Spider. Okay. Ooh, spiders. spiders yeah. That's a game changer. And heights. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, like, snakes, too. Like, snakes don't really, like, bother me. I would I would rather deal with a rattlesnake than a spider. Like, I mean, oh, yeah, like me too. Shit. 100%. I, mean, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I know, like, it, that's not really logical. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm sure snakes way more dangerous, but. Dude, spider something about him. I just mm. so I got to tell you a story about so snakes is my biggest fear, right? Like I mm. hate snakes, mm. and I'd been on patrol for a while, and um, it was Cody and I were cruising around together because my car was getting new tires. So uh, again, like our schedule works, you're sometimes you're work Wednesday, Thursday, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it was Thursday, so it would have been our Friday off, mm-hmm. like it was Friday going yeah. into the weekend. Yeah. So call comes out. I hate snakes. There's a snake in this lady's, right in front of this lady's door on the county, and she cannot get out of her house. So I told Cody, I'm like, hey, you're going to have to kill that snake. And he's like, why? And I said, I don't like snakes. Like I'm, I'm scared of snakes. He's like, well, today is, is Face Your Fears Friday. You're going to kill that snake. And I said, I'm not killing a snake. I'm not doing it. I said, I'll <laughs> shoot the snake. He's like, you can't shoot the snake. It's up near the house, right? And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, I can do this. I'm psyching myself up the whole time. You can do this. You can kill this snake. You can do this. 
we get out there, and this snake is maybe a foot, maybe, maybe, probably smaller than that. It's a baby rattlesnake, right? And Cody hands me this hoe, and he's like, go kill that snake. And so I walk over there, and I extend my arms out as far as they'll go, and I turn my head, and I close my eyes, and I just start <laughs> whacking <laughs> the snake. I'm just swinging at the snake, and I'm like, do this. And and. and I look over and the snake is still alive. Like at this point, I've just pissed it off, right? Because I did not, I didn't hit it not one time. So anyways, end up killing the snake. But that's the one and only time that I will ever agree to uh, kill a snake or have an encounter. I'm terrified of snakes. Uh, yeah, I don't like them by any means. Well, I remember I was actually. You know what's funny is I was talking to another guy we work with, um, who is going to be on this podcast at some point. But Martin Esparza was talking to him earlier today about one time. Um, we, so long story short, DPS was in a vehicle chase in a neighboring county to ours. And that chase came into our county. We assisted on the chase, but fast car, uh, they were able to go off down a side road before we could get to them and, and keep pace with them. And so we weren't sure where they went. Well, me and Asparza end up out in the middle of like absolutely nowhere out in the county and we think that they might have driven off in this field somewhere and maybe if there's like a little ravine or something they went down in that and we can't see them so we're basically like huffing it on foot and uh going through this field and looking for this car well i don't know we're probably like a mile in and we we he sees the snake before i do but we're we're moving pretty quickly to try and find this car so we got a pace to us and he says he says well, ben, there's a snake right there well well, I don't really hear him at first, so I'm like, what? I step, like, basically on this thing, like, and it big-ass rattlesnake, and I don't know why it didn't bite me. I'm glad it didn't, though. But, <laughs> yeah, I jumped back from it, and I pulled out my gun, and uh, before I could really shoot at it or anything, it slithered into this hole real quick. But, yeah, that was my, my most recent encounter with a snake, so, yeah. I, I'm terrifying. Not I'm not They're a fan at all. Remember one time I got this call at the PD, and it was a snake call. This lady called and said that there was a snake in her garage. But okay. it just wasn't any kind of panic to it, like mm-hmm. the call, like it was just a normal call. Yeah. So I get out. As soon as I get out of my car, I just hear this car, like a car horn, just honk, honk, just going crazy. I'm like, what is going on? And I hear this lady screaming. She's like, help me. I'm like, so I run over there, and she's like, it's right over there, it's right over there. I'm like, what? She's like, the snake. So I go in there and I look and it was one of those little skink lizards. <laughs> it, was, it was stuck to one of those sticky pads. Oh. <laughs> and I like pick it up and I was like, like, ma'am, it's just a lizard. And she's like, oh, thank God. Thank you for <laughs> And you thought this lady was going to have... has legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dangerous ones. That's who. I guess. That's yeah. who. Like a well, I was all ready because I'm... I like to mess with snakes, so I'm like, mm, no way. That's one of my favorite things to do. Like, if it's a slow night in, yeah. in the county, man, I like to go out and try to find snakes out on the road. The really? Park. Yeah. Braver than me. I'm not have, you, have, have you heard before? My wife had never heard this, but one time we're coming home. Uh, we're out of town. We're coming home, and there's a snake crossing the road. And I said, oh, it's going to rain. And she's like, what? And I said, yeah, a snake crossing the road. It's going to rain. Have you ever heard that term before? I don't know, but you know they'll get on the road to you know for the heat. heat. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but well, I, I'd always heard like I mean like my granddad would say when you'd see a snake, he's like, oh, it's gonna rain. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, well that's what we would uh, on the of course I grew up around farming and ranching. And my granddad would we'd have to uh, kill the rattlesnakes because the cattle and stuff they get in prairie dog holes and stuff, and we'd yeah. fish them out and we'd 
uh, cut their heads off to kill them. And, but he would, uh, I guess it was an old school uh, farmer's or rancher's deal, but he would throw them up in the air and with their headless. And then if they landed on their, I think it was they landed on their back with their stomach up, it meant it was going to rain. Which is very scientific if you really yeah. think about it. Yeah. Listen, I should you not. Like three days later, it rained. Like we had a good rain. I'm like, yeah. I told you. I told you it's going to rain. I called it. I'm, I'm telling you, my granddad used to say it all the time. You'd see it and you'd be like, oh, yeah, there's a snake crossing the road. It's going to rain. And then I didn't realize that that like that was not a common thing. That yeah, I had heard across the road that I knew yeah. you know sever their head and throw them up in the air yeah. and land on their back. Yeah. I've never heard that. I just thought they were cold. Yeah, I mean, it makes <laughs> it makes more that. sense, yeah. right? Like yeah. Yeah. it's not like they're going to higher ground because <laughs> somebody they just it's have a flood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, some biblical shit, man. I mean, if, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's one of those things, like almost like the like the new boot cop that gets into a bunch of got awful trouble like i don't know maybe maybe there's some truth to the snake thing like, yeah right uh, i don't know <laughs> that's interesting i think it's time to talk about food trucking and how yeah, you two so, were there from the very misadventure <laughs> the first misadventure that we had yes so it should be noted for the audience for those who were not already aware that jace here and fisher here are the proud owners and operators of a business known as J&J's Food Truck. And yeah, you should tell us all about how that got started and where it's at now. The story of how that actually got started is, it's wild. We we were cooking, I think we were, what were we cooking for? There was a, a bike race? Or, no, it was, a, it was a cleanup day downtown. Yeah, it was just a... It was a cleanup day downtown, and and so my wife asked us if we would cook for the organization, right? And mm-hmm. and so I think it was supposed to be a beer drinking party where we would just yeah. make a bunch of brisket and yeah. serve the brisket, and and yeah. so Friday night we make all this brisket, have this good time, and I think both of you were there, right? Probably, yeah. I, we worked. Familiar, I worked yeah. in the food truck. I took the orders. Well, right. I'm talking right. about the Is first it, night, that Friday night when we were prepping briskets and we just first started cooking. Was, was that the yeah. same? Well, uh, he, same time? We you, you did it on Friday and Saturday. I yeah, remember, we did it Friday and Saturday because okay. I remember helping, you know, helping with it. But I, go on. So, of uh, course, we we made. I, I don't even. I think we made like ten briskets. And that was a lot, and I mean, that'll like, feed a ton of people. Mm-hmm. So we go, we serve it, and I think we only served like. 30 or 40 sandwiches so we've got all this brisket left over and they were having their first ever sipping shop downtown where basically what it is is you go to all the downtown businesses you're drinking you're shopping it's just it's a way to get people out right yeah and so uh my wife comes up to me and says hey do you guys want to sell these like sell your brisket sandwiches and we're like yeah that'd, that'd be fun and of course in true big john fashion which you can talk a little bit about big john in a minute but if you knew big john big john was very eccentric and always was going overboard with what he wanted to do because we were just supposed to sell uh brisket sandwiches this man shows up with sausage tortillas and like logs i've never seen a log of bologna before <laughs> a log of bologna he's like we're going to smoke this bologna and we're going to sell this, this bologna. Yep. So okay. we go downtown and I think there's like seven or eight of us in the food truck. And the mm-hmm. food truck is not capable of handling that many people. So anyways, so that's kind of how it started. That's when we originally we got the original smoke. Brisket, not yeah, smoke brisket, yeah. not meth, and then uh, after the County Meat Squad was well, the original. Show a picture of the, of the back of that shirt, <laughs> yeah, you know, on the. Yeah. That's on when the yeah. Meat Squad was we born, right? Picture in, yeah, and then, yeah. and then, like 
I'll never forget. We're sitting in front of John's pickup, and we're like, you know what? We could do this full time. You and I could own a food truck. It'd be real easy. It'd be great. <laughs> but my favorite, my most favorite story of that first night of that we ever did it of making the smoke baloney. Big John, so our, our food truck is like two parts, right? So like, there's a part where you cook, prep, and and I'm willing to know you prep and sell the food. Yeah. And on the back, it's a porch, and all the cookers and stuff are back there. You open the doors. Well, we I open the door, and Big John is dangling a piece of bologna. like he has sliced off a piece of bologna, and he's dangling it over the side. And there's just this girl. She can't be more than like. 20 or 21 yeah, and she's got her mouth open and he's just feeding her <laughs> <laughs> smoked baloney <laughs> he's feeding her smoked baloney and I said what are you doing and he says and this the first time this is the first time I'd ever met the man I've known him for about 24 hours at this point right he's like I'm giving out samples so people will come back I'm like you're not giving out samples to everybody there's no way you're giving, out, you're giving samples out to the pretty girls is what you're doing <laughs> Yeah, he's going to be feeding some dude there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he's literally dangling it like a treat over the edge of the food truck. Wow. <laughs> it must have been good bologna. <laughs> I've never seen a log of bologna before that day. <laughs> and so that kind of the food truck was idea was born. And uh, it's kind of like, just, just kind of ran with it from there. The genesis of it. Yeah, but you guys were, were there for the first time. I know you were there. I know. Yeah, well, I was there, yeah. like, the first yeah. time y'all y'all ran the truck and everything, because I remember the shirts and everything yeah. and, and all that. Because yeah. I remember putting together uh, burgers and all that. And What year was that? 2019? 2019, yeah. 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 I was really new at the at the sheriff's office. Like, I was just kind of getting to know everyone, so. Yeah, yeah so so then, of course, we're like, we can, we, can, we can run a food truck, no problem, right? So I think this is in August. And it wasn't really until like the end of November, early December, we decide we're doing it. We come up with a menu, we come up with an idea, we get our, our permits, we do all this stuff. And one of the big things was that John and I wanted to do that ourselves. Like we wanted it to be uh, a situation where nobody else was on the food truck except for us. Like we were going to cook. We had this plan of this elaborate plan. We were going to make burgers wings and appetizers and even desserts oh, yeah. like we had banana pudding and fried bisque i mean it was a yeah so you want to tell the story about the first day i think you tell it better than i do <laughs> i don't even know where to begin on the first day we come up with this big elaborate menu like it's gonna be something super easy to do and we get set up and we're like yeah well we're gonna we're gonna cook all these wings like made to order mm-hmm. it'll be great and then January 2nd, 2020 is when we opened. Yeah, January 2nd. <laughs> and one of us will be on the back. One of us take orders. We can do it. Yeah. And we get there, and before we can even get open, of course, there's nothing's ever easy with us anyway. There's yeah. always some kind of problem. We had electrical problems. Yeah. We had, you name it. We had to go buy a generator yeah. or rent a generator. We had, our, we had, uh, we have this fryer on the back for, you know, for French fries and stuff like that, which yeah. is what we're going to use for our wings. And trying to light that, and I about I burned my freaking my eyebrows off. <laughs> trying to the, light it. I'm in the inside of the truck. I'm doing something, and I hear boom. Oh, shit. I open the door to the back, and John is just standing there, just staring back at me, not saying anything. And his eyebrows are gone, his mustache and his beard. And I said, "Are you okay?" He said. 
No, I just blew up that. I was like, I was lighting that and it blew up. <laughs> I let too much gas go in there and then when I hit it with the lighter, it, did, it came out the exhaust right in my face. Uh, <laughs> it's like straight up, like you're not exaggerating, like it burned your eyebrows off? No, it singed them. Yeah. I, mean, I had like, <laughs> what? Like, how are you alive? Like, <laughs> no, no, no. I had, I had like, my face was black from like the <laughs> shit that came out of it. <laughs> but, well, yeah. Hope yeah, so we're, we're running around like crazy. You're just trying to get this get it organized mm. well by that time we were supposed to open at 11 o'clock 11, or yeah. something, something like that we have a line that's freaking 50 yards long i don't know yeah, yeah, we had this huge line of people waiting for yeah. us already and we're like yep. oh god i don't know if we can do this i don't know if we can do this and luckily irene decided to stay yeah yeah, yeah. and and my dad decided to Hang around. He he was there to observe us. <laughs> drink beer and observe. He was there yeah. to drink beer and observe us. And, well, we yeah, let us know that. what we were doing wrong, which he did very well at. Until, <laughs> so later on, he decided to jump in. But we learned very quickly that it was going to take way more than me and Jason to get make this thing tick. Because mm. next thing we knew, we had a two hour wait for food for yeah. like French fries. Somebody ordered French fries, and it was going to be a two hour wait. <laughs> oh my gosh! I yeah. remember I was helping Irene make burgers and jace was on the back and my, by that time my dad had jumped in yeah and i remember looking up at where we put our our uh tickets where we yeah. write, take the orders and i thumbed through it it was like a deck of cards oh my <laughs> god <laughs> and i just remember i was i just like put my face palm i was like we can't do this like we, we just have to quit we have yeah. to give everybody their money back there's no way we're gonna do this yeah and somehow we we made it but yeah I, I well and then the night before is a disaster right because we were i don't know why but i think we had sold ribs and stuff that night and we were because i remember we were no we didn't do it we did it was the wontons mm -hmm. we were doing making. so we made we like we were made hand making these wontons and we were prepping and we prepped to like one o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. <laughs> so we'd we of course we were off work but we prepped all day all the way up until one o'clock in the morning went home got a couple hours of sleep got up and then started prepping and working again so it was terrible it was in fact after it's, it's funny because i tell john all the time my favorite part of that entire day was the lines were over we were closed we shut down and we weren't even speaking to each other like it was just he and i big john had left mm -hmm. and irene had left and we're not even speaking to each other we're just we're just putting things away yeah and it's a quiet ride back to john's house because we were at that time we didn't leave our trailer anywhere mm -hmm. and uh, we unhooked the trailer and i looked at john and i said do you still want to do this? <laughs> and he didn't say anything for a while. He's looking at me. He goes, I think so. Do you? And I said, I think so. <laughs> Fast forward four days later, right? So we yeah. were open that Saturday. Four days later, we're like, we're going to open this weekend again. What's going to be better? Yeah. John comes down with COVID. <laughs> so then it's just my wife and I, and then we're like, we were, it was a, the, when we first opened the food truck, it was a disaster. It was a disaster the first year, probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everything, there was always something that happened. We just, we were always way in over our heads. It wasn't until like recently, I think we figured it out. I think out. in like the last four months, we, we probably figured out how to do this job. Trial by fire. Like. And, and listen, and we do the dumbest shit that could be, that could just be solved if we just took a little extra time and did the job right. Mm -hmm. Like one time we, so our, there's these cords that come down from the trailer and you have to drag the, tr the cords back up mm -hmm. and then you can drive off, right? Yeah. So we're going to a cook-off. And 
John's like, you think these will ride? And I said, oh, yeah, they'll definitely ride. Just stick them in the back of the truck. Don't suck. Because then it's a pain in the ass. You got to yeah, drive. Yeah, it's like, work. Just, I was yeah. like, we'll tie it's it up. Sweaty. And yeah. I'm like, I've seen Big John do this a million times. Like, he, he never puts he never puts them back inside, right? Yeah. So, we get to the cook-off. And our electrical wires are hanging on by this much, like a thread. <laughs> we had to get, We had to come back to town and get a bunch of electrical supplies. And thank God there was an electrician out there at the cook-off. Mm-hmm. And he rewired our entire trailer. Really? Right? So going back to the statement about Big John, about watching him do it a million times, what I had forgotten was he would take a rope and tie it onto the tongue so he would so that they wouldn't fall and drag. <laughs> well, we didn't do that. Yeah. So they just they just rode the how whole way. Miles was it, how many miles do you think it is out there? Oh, man, probably. 12 miles? Yeah. 12 miles. They just <laughs> drug on the highway. The whole way. <laughs> <laughs> and then another time, we're, we're, do, we're doing a catering. And we, you know, again, tie everything down. Make sure you tie everything down. And we're like, it'll ride. It'll be, it'll be fine in the trailer. We go to open the door of the trailer because well, again, there's two parts. So we go to open the back door, and I go to open it. And I'm like, this door won't open, John. <laughs> Something's falling in front of it. Well, one of our our, our cookers, our flat top, had fallen. Because we didn't tie it down, and it broke all the knobs off of the damn thing. <laughs> when all we had to do was take thirty seconds and tie down the damn deal. So a lot of our woes are, are self-inflicted wounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that makes sense though, because I, th- I think it's like that with anything. Like set, setting up. Okay, so an example from setting up our our podcast studio here, like to make the background kind of more interesting than just a wall. We put this this wallpaper stuff up. This pushed me to the brink of my sanity. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I almost killed myself. Like, <laughs> like putting this up. Like, if you're ever gonna do like the stick on wallpaper, fucking don't. Like, just, just don't do it. Like, yeah, I was taking I was taking a nap in the bedroom, and I could hear him just cursing like a sailor. <laughs> yes. Putting this stuff up for like two hours. Yes. Well, it's terrible. And like, I found out we we chose like the worst pattern we could choose because like this brick, like. You know, it has like lines in it, and it's mm-hmm. supposed to be all uniform. Well, these are different sections of paneling, and so like you have to line them up just right. And if it's even like one millimeter off, like it doesn't look bad until it starts to go down further and further, and then it's way off. So you just start cursing the stuff. You have to rip it all off, start over again. Yeah. This took days. Well, listen, the cat's you... out of the bag now. The audience knows it's not real brick. Yeah, I know. Yeah, imagine that. Well, listen, but... John and I do <laughs> shit like that all the time, too, because we were recently remodeling his mom's basement, right? <laughs> and, and we got, it was kind of like this, but it was supposed to look more like stone, really. Yeah. And it came in long sheets. So, so this, this is our problem, right? We don't measure, we don't, we, we don't ever do oh, yeah. anything the right way. Like we should no, do, right? We do that either. And so we're going through, and we're like sticking this panel and we're just hitting it with the nail gun, right? It's great. Well, we look, well, there's a lot, the lines are all supposed to go together. Mm-hmm. Well, because we weren't paying attention, some of them we had turned upside down. So some lines were here and some lines were here. So I'm looking at John and I'm well, what are we going to do? And he's like, it'll be fine. We're going to get, so we're going to get pieces. <laughs> we're just going to put them down the center. <laughs> so it was like, we, we, we never we even trim. finished the job. Huh. Yeah. So okay. we're going to just put trim on the walls. All the tools are currently still, just <laughs> still <laughs> spread everywhere in the basement down there right now. This is a job awaiting completion. Yes. So, you know, we always, and we have a problem 
with fire. Like <laughs> for people who cook for for a side job to make money, we have a problem with fire. And when we first open our business, we do holiday orders every year, mm-hmm. and holiday orders are always the worst. Something bad always happens with mm-hmm. holiday orders. And this is good to tell people, right? Because people just show up. And they they put in the order, and then they just show up, and the food's there, right? And food's always good. I don't know the story. They don't know the stories that go (laughs) into these things, though, right? So the very first year, John's working. So it's me, John, and Robert, which or Big John and Robert, which is uh, John's dad and his uncle, right? And so we're inside, and the wind is blowing probably 40 miles an hour out of the north. It's cold. And we're all kind of huddled in the cook shack. Well, the big cooker was just outside of the cook shack. Well, John would come home from work to just kind of check on things, and he would throw a log in the fire. He just, he would, which always pissed off Big John when we're messing with his fires. (laughs) Right? So. I knew that. Me and Robert are inside of the cook shack, and I just hear, help! Help! And I'm like, I look at Robert, and I'm like, is that Big John? So I walk outside, I open the door, and there's a giant flame shooting from the cooker. <laughs> Big John turns around, looks at me, and says, Bring me the apple juice. So I bring him like a little dill of apple juice, and he's like, more. <laughs> so I'm just bringing him. He was just looking for any liquid. <laughs> so I bring him the apple juices, and he's pouring, trying to get the fire down. And again, the fire goes down, right? And we've been in business for all of about two weeks at this point. Like this is yeah. our this is our coming out party. We're gonna we're gonna have the holiday orders, and then people are gonna love our food so much they're, they're never gonna stop buying it. Right? That's our belief. Right. Yeah. We just put the briskets on there. And briskets take a long time anyways, right? And they're expensive, whatever. So the fire's out. Big John turns around and looks at me. And again, another situation, his eyebrows are like, they're all singed. His entire mustache is white. And I'm like, are you okay? And he says, no. And I said, is the brisket okay? And he says, I don't know. I don't know. And I said, I need you to tell me it's going to be okay. He's like, I can't do that. I don't know how these briskets are going to turn out. I don't know. <laughs> so fast forward to just this last December. We are, again, we had had a discussion before we were going to do the holiday orders. We knew that the wind was going to come out of the south. We knew that we needed to turn the firebox towards the south so that we could get airflow. Mm-hmm. John's like, no, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. And I said, yeah, no, I think we'll be good too, man. I said, I got a fan. We'll just turn the fan on and it'll 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 blow the air through. A little artificial air. <clears throat> so we do that and we walk back outside and the fan has melted. The So we're like, and of course the fire's been rolling. And this time we just put the ribs on. And so <laughs> John John says, we're going to need to go ahead and turn this cooker around. we got to get the firebox back facing to the north. I said, okay. So I call my wife out there, and I said, hey, we're going to – and our cooker's on like a – it's a trailer, right? So it's got the tongue. So I said, hey, we're going to lift the trailer, and we're going to turn it. I need you to take this wood block and put it underneath it after we move it. Yeah. So me and John lift it up, and, of course, lean – it, lean it into like where the firebox is. Yeah. And we start turning it. Well, what happens? All that grease from the bottom goes into the firebox and we start a grease fire. Yeah. <laughs> and so Irene, my wife, starts screaming. And she's like, God, 
guys, guys. <laughs> and I look up, and the whole side of my house is on fire. Yeah, it's like, it's like touching the eaves. <laughs> yeah, it's the entire, it's on fire. And so I put my side down, and I'm like, and I go into this, this moment where I'm like, okay, the house is on fire. I need to get the kids out of the house. I need to get the fire extinguisher out of the I need to put this fire. Like, I'm going through this pro, this pro, progression in my mind, right? And I look down, and Johnny's, like, trying to keep dragging the, the tongue of the cooker. Well, to prevent my house from catching on fire, all we had to do was move the cooker move away from the, the house, right? So I'm like... <laughs> Oh yeah, we could do that sure, too. Should probably help John move the cooker because <laughs> he's just. I mean, I looked at it. He's just grunting because it's not light. No, it's no, no. Right, yeah, you know. And so we've got a we've got a fire problem. I mean, <laughs> yep. yeah. I think as soon as you said the the phrase, we we have a fire problem. <laughs> really curious as to what this was going to entail, and yeah, it does in fact sound like you have a fire problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we need adult supervision, but not even that works at the time. You know, I'm going to buy all one of the, uh, like, Elon Musk flamethrowers. You've seen those? Oh, yeah. He's like, my yeah. flamethrower. Yeah. Let's get you all that. You can have better control over fire. We would do something stupid with those. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. You, you, mm. Did you guys ever have, like, um, firecracker wars when you were kids? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, that's what it would turn into, but with flamethrowers. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I know you've got a good firecracker story about the lake. Oh, yeah. We were, <laughs> man, we were little kids. There was my my buddy, the one that I was telling you about in the last episode that ended up going to the army. And, yeah. Anyway, they had a lake house, mm-hmm. and uh, so in the summertime we go to the lake house all the time. Well, we went down there Fourth of July, and everybody had bought their firecrackers, and so we were like, it was like me, him, and then there was two other of my friends. So we yeah. were like, all right, we're gonna have a firecracker war. Yeah. It was two on two. Well, two of them decided they're going to be on a, they're going to make their base the this dock. We had a, there was okay, a dock yeah. right there on the water. That's a good base. Well, we're, you know, we're shooting model rockets or whatever we, we can at each other. Yeah. Well, I run by the dock and I'm just got a firecracker and I throw it on the dock. Well, it lands in their firecracker box. <laughs> and next thing you know, you just see them diving off the dock into the water and all the firecrackers start going off. And it just looks like a freaking explosion. I swear, it was like slow motion. They're just diving into the water and then next thing you know, there's bottle rockets and anything like, you think of is just going, going off. <laughs> the show has started. <laughs> uh. Yeah. It's amazing to me that we, like, especially when we're young, boys do dumb shit. How do we survive that stuff? I don't know. I've I've talked about this with with others before about how, like, I think I'm honestly just lucky to be alive. Like, I don't know. I don't know how I survived. It's not like that it stops at a certain age. It's not like you hit 12 years old and you're like, I'm smart now. I'm going to do, you carry that into your teenage years yeah. and then really your young adulthood years and you just do dumb shit your, until well, you like, like grow out of it. <laughs> you know? like, there's like a whole like set of memes on the internet about like like why women live longer than men and mm-hmm. it'll show a picture of some stupid shit that some dude's doing and I look at those and it's very relatable and I'm like I can see where the thought was. I would do that. Yeah, like, when, <laughs> like, you can even relate that into our jobs because it's like yeah, that's how true. many times do you look back at something and you're like 
Should I, I shouldn't have done that. Some kind of car chase. I'm sure you could have tested this. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you drive through something you shouldn't have, or you, you yeah. make some decision. You're like, mm-hmm. probably wasn't the smartest thing. I, yeah. I could have died doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I ran into it would have a... just been my fault. Nobody else's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I ran into a structure fire one time and came out of that, and I knew like right after I came out of the building, I was like, wow, that was really stupid. I don't know why I did that. Like, but listen, you do that. Like I think everybody does that. Some stupid like that because i did that one time on a house fire <coughs> and i was uh, my my sergeant was on midnight at the time and i'd gone in a, it was kind of a, a setup kind of like how your house is there was a yeah. long hallway and the lady had said her kids were in that room and i was coughing and hacking and the next thing i feel is somebody tugging on the back of my vest because we wear those out carriers yeah and i was pulling me out of there and i was like that was stupid like <laughs> and turns out the kids were outside but i had oh. heard one thing and me yeah. and another person had gone in there and i was like that this yeah. was this was stupid yeah you know and if you would have just well, taken this much more time to be like oh no they're not actually in yeah. they're right yeah. here you know i was at a different structure for our one time there was a uh an abandoned property in the main city that is in our county that a old trailer that was on the property caught fire and i'd gone out there to that and uh was honestly just kind of like mesmerized by the fire. Like it, there was like this thing was engulfed and like there was nothing I could do to put it out. So I was just kind of like walking up to it and like looking at it and just watching it burn. Well, I didn't realize that there was power lines like above where this thing was. And the the heat was so intense that it was melting those lines. And so I'm not even paying attention to it. And then I hear this loud pop and sparks go everywhere and it starts a grass fire. And this power line falls down like right next to where I'm standing. I was like, okay, like I'm gonna walk over here. Like it was like two <laughs> inches away from me. Dumb shit we do, man. It's yeah. just so like, outrageous. I still don't know if like that if that line I don't know enough about how those things work, if that thing was live and like could have shocked the shit out of me or what, but I was just like standing right under it as it's melting and I didn't even know. Mm. You don't wanna find out. No, I don't know. yeah, I'm like, I'm done with that. Like I'm gonna go over here now. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I, I don't think I could count how many like near death experiences I've had at this point that I don't know. We're probably just from something dumb that I was doing. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. That that brings up an interesting question, though. Thus far in our respective careers, have y'all had a moment where, uh, like, y'all knew, like, hey, I just came super close to dying for sure, and it didn't happen for whatever reason? Because I know, like, there's a lot of near-death encounters in law enforcement, but uh, I don't know. There's certain ones for me that stick out. Kind of like the one. <laughs> <laughs> I had a pretty recent one. I mean, whenever... I think I know what you're about to say, but... The last time that I uh, covered for patrol, uh, we had some weather come in, and it was, it was icy. Yeah. And we had several several wrecks. Well, and it, I mean, it was kind of my fault and kind of the other person's fault, too. But, I mean, I had my, my lights going or whatever, and mm-hmm. the, the wreck, there was... One car in a median and one on the other side, so I had to get across the road to get to the other car. Yeah. And as I was crossing the road, this this car was coming at me, and they were going way too fast. But I, I guess I probably should have waited as well. But I mean, they, I mean, I came real close to getting smoked by that car. Really? I mean, yeah. it was that was the closest I've ever been. I've ever came yeah. to getting oh, hit yeah. by a car. That, that is one thing. Is I think when you look at the stats of like like what kills cops the most like vehicle accidents like whether you're in your vehicle or out of your vehicle or whatever those are really really mm-hmm. prevalent like that's high up on the list of like cop related deaths how many of those are preventable you think 
What was saying? Oh, no, because yeah. any accident is preventable. Yeah. I mean, that's what know, I'm saying. Like, say, yeah. how many, how many are we either driving somewhere too way too fast, mm-hmm. or not wearing our seatbelts? Yeah, that's a big one too. I, well, I've been to like I've responded to wrecks like that didn't involve cops, but just like other drivers that there's a rollover or something, and they're not wearing a belt, and people go flying. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people realize like, like it sounds like a commercial for a seatbelt or something like public service announcement, but legitimately like those belts will save your life. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen some like real manual bodies. This kind of goes back into what we talked about earlier with people talking about their their rights or whatever infringes yeah. on their rights. And yeah, I mean we we know a guy that he thoroughly believed that that it was against, it was unconstitutional to make somebody mm-hmm. wear a seatbelt. Yeah, and, and I don't see how you like after seeing these people thrown out and die in front of you and, yeah. and teenagers die yeah. in front of you and stuff because they weren't wearing the seatbelt. Because I've seen all that. It's, um, mm-hmm. I mean you, you see the yeah. uh, the benefit to them. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is that like I'm kind of like. As far as, like, the thought train goes, I'm actually on board with the, like, hey, seatbelt laws are stupid. Like, if I don't want to, I'm a grown man. Like, if I, I know it's dangerous, if I don't want to wear one, then I, I won't. And it shouldn't be illegal. But then, like, I think of, like, going to these wrecks and stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, well, nothing could have changed this. Like, they didn't want to wear it, so they didn't wear it. Yeah. But well, you, you got to figure out where that line stops because you'd be like, well, you know, doing heroin, that's just a personal choice. It doesn't, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It can just keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah where does yeah. it, where does it stop? And, and, and some, I think then you get into a situation of like, well, like to what degree does it affect other people? And you, you mm-hmm. get into this whole argument, but yeah, like seeing that stuff firsthand of like someone got ejected out of a vehicle and went 20 feet in the air and landed in a barbed wire fence. It's like, yeah, I think and, I'm going to wear my seatbelt when I leave this call. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, that's exactly. And that's, uh. Some of what law enforcement does is we have to protect people from their own stupidity. Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously. Yeah. yeah. And that's what a lot of laws are created well, yeah. for. Yeah. So, you know, and that, that brings, I think that brings a good point up too. I had a guy tell me one time, <clears throat> he said, was, he you know, it wasn't really an argument. It was a discussion of the second amendment. Right. And mm-hmm. his, his, his argument was, well, what do you need an AR 15 for? Mm-hmm. Right. What is, what is yeah. a person need an AR 15 for? And my response to him was, look, when we start saying that this constitutional right, you can do this, but you can't do this, we start really getting into a gray area because where does it stop? At Mm -hmm. what point does it become, well, we kind of really have strong belief that you have something in your house, so we're just going to kick in the door. Mm -hmm. And I asked him that. He's like, well, no, that's not right. And I said, exactly. You can't start putting these situations where, well, this is acceptable, but this isn't acceptable. Mm -hmm. Either especially when it comes to the constitution, things like that, the constitution says this, you, there's not a lot of ambiguity you can have in that because then it starts blurring a whole lot of other lines, right? At what point is it? Well, we know that, you know about that. So we're just going to beat a confession. Well, And that's what gets scary about mental health because um, we talked about what, what problems there is in mental health, which there's a ton of them, but Mm -hmm. also determining somebody's, uh, you know, crazy or has mental health issues Mm -hmm. and the government needs to get involved. Well, yeah, Th- that's very... They take um, their freedom away, you know? Yeah, it's, it's you know, it, that's an opinion. I mean, certainly certain it's an opinion because if they have something you don't agree with, then, uh, or they do something that you think, deem as crazy, maybe maybe you think they're maybe yeah. a gun rights nut or something. <clears throat> sure. Well, but you'll be very yeah. careful to start... Well, the, like, there was, a, there was an event here in a neighboring city that had... Um, what was it? There was... Was it a, some kind of a trans uh, thing that they were putting on a play or something like that? Do you oh. recall that? He was in. I think it was like yeah, a drag yeah, show. Yeah, it was yeah, a drag, drag show. Drag 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 and there were, and I was listening to a, a, a radio guy, a talk show host, and he was talking about. And he was a big Christian guy and all that, but he was very, um, like he still got it because just because maybe somebody doesn't agree with this particular radio host, 
although he didn't agree with them putting on an event like that, he thought they damn well had the right to, and yeah. so do I. Because, yeah. I mean, it doesn't, yeah. and I'm not saying I agree with it or don't agree with it, but it doesn't matter if I agree with it. They should be able to put on, it's America, and mm-hmm. I mean, unless it's inciting yeah. some type of violence or causing yeah. harm, like actual physical harm to somebody, they'll be able to go put on whatever program they want well, within, mm-hmm. I mean, if it's harboring terrorists or something like oh, that, yeah, that sure. you know, yeah. inciting terrorism or something that's different, <laughs> yeah. that's not what this was doing. Because then at what point does it stop where, well, I don't really agree with what this religion is doing, so we're going to put a stop to what that religion well, or, or is. Or somebody's at a Christianity, Catholicism, whatever it may be. You start putting parameters on that, then where does it end? It well, that's what will. I'm saying. Say yeah. you're at a Trump rally. Yeah. A lot of, there's certain people that think Trump's like unhinged and he, he preaches violence, which, I mean, I don't agree with that at all. But what if somebody that has power says, hey, mm-hmm. no more Trump rallies because they're violent. I mean, it, it's a very, yeah. very slippery slope. It kind of spun <laughs> off from the mental health thing I was going to talk about. But it's very scary when the government come in and say, hey, um, I saw something. I saw a, a you know, Second Amendment, uh, uh, come and take it flag in your garage. And mm-hmm. uh, we are stable. And now you can't carry <laughs> weapons. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but, they, but they do that now anyways with all mm-hmm. kinds of different things. I mean, just they, especially with like, okay, the, the social media stuff. How much of that stuff has already been censored? Sure. You know? yeah. So they, yeah. they do that anyways, but God forbid that you do that about something they believe in, you mm-hmm. know? Well, yeah, and, that, and that's not what America's about. It's no. about, you know, all these different yeah. ideas. And these other countries don't allow that. And, and that's why a lot of people want to come over here you because know? we yeah. have that freedom. But we got to be very careful because it, it seems, though, we're starting to lose it. Yeah. You know, and like I said, even well, people was, I don't agree with, they should be able to say whatever they, whatever they want. Yeah. 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 There was a really interesting case that happened somewhere uh, north of where we are, um, I can't remember the exact jurisdiction, but um, basically, cops got called to a domestic situation between a husband and wife, and they they kind of separate the parties. They're talking to both, and wife tells them something along the lines of like, "Yeah, he's a uh, he's been really unhinged lately, and um, he says that he's gonna, you know, he's gonna harm me, he's gonna harm himself, whatever, and he's got guns in the house, and and she tells him all these things. Well. They end up talking to him and they uh, ask him if he'll come and like um, he does seem to have some some issues, but they don't know to what degree really. But they ask him like, will you come in for like a voluntary like uh, mental health evaluation? He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do your your evaluation. Well, while he was out of the home, the decision was made to remove his firearms from his home. Yeah. And <clears throat> this this sparked a huge debate with like, OK. You know, if he's suffering from mental issues and we think that he might hurt, hurt, you know, harm someone with the guns, maybe that's a a logical thought process. But at the same time, like, it kind of seems to me like they violated his rights tremendously. So, like, that's one thing I think that Texas is really good about. Um, The legislator has put parameters in place where it says, okay, if you believe as a cop, if you believe that this person is mentally ill, you have to do X, Y, and Z, and you have to do this, this, and this. And a lot of people don't know that, right? And so, uh, there's, yeah, there's an entire process. Well, it sounds like they didn't go through that process. I mean, you need need certain uh, paperwork to do that. The the legislator had that forward thinking, whether it's they had already dealt with the situation or they they saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. The Texas legislator said, we're going to put this in place. Mm -hmm. So if you want to take somebody's guns, this is what you have to do. Yeah. You can't just claim that somebody's dealing with a mental health issue yeah. and take their gun. Well, Cause that's oh, scary. Yeah. Cause it, you know, what's a, I mean, you, that's too much power yeah. in the government's yeah. hands just to come up with, or, you know, hey, well, he's exactly. having a mental health issue. Cause I don't agree with him. Yeah. Exactly. Kind of to your point, like when does it become like, Hey, we now define 
someone who owns what we what we deem like a crazy amount of guns yeah. they're mentally unwell and we can take those you know it's, yeah like i said you get to literally to a flag that's hanging in your garage come and take it or or trump 2020 <laughs> or something and something, yeah. like people could deem that is i guarantee there's like, lots of people that deem that as radical yeah. yeah yeah and then they start so. taking your or you can do the flip side of that too i don't know what like some hardcore left-leaning more radical type well, I think uh, like, flag would be, but if they I had think, that in the garage, same thing. They should have the right. They're not crazy because they I have that. The, yeah, the flip side of that was like the example with the drag shows and everything. I think there's a lot of there's a sizable portion of the population that believes that someone would that would participate in an event like that is mentally ill, and that becomes a slippery slope. Yeah. Like you know, what gives you the right to say that you know? Well, they can't have events like that because they're crazy. Well, okay, maybe they are, maybe they're not. But, like, how do you make that official determination? Sure, just because you don't agree with something it. doesn't mean they're crazy. And that right. can exactly. slip into religion and everything else. Exactly. Of all exactly. sorts. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a big can of worms. The, the people don't look at it. Or a lot of, well, I don't know, but there there is people out there that have power that don't look mm-hmm. at it that way, and that's scary. Yeah, yeah. Say exactly. It that way. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's the thing is, is if people are, should people, people should be allowed to express their First Amendment right however they choose <laughs> to do so. You know, yeah. On that note, what's your most unpopular opinion? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not stepping off into that. I'm not doing it. Mm. <laughs> I think mine is right now, currently. I think we should abolish the ATF. I don't like them. I'm gonna get rid of them. <laughs> No, uh, I, I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion. I think there's probably a portion, a large portion of the uh, of Americans that probably feel that way too. Hey, how, much, how much time do you think they spend on tobacco? Probably not a lot. Or uh, alcohol. Yeah. How much do you think they spend on alcohol yeah. either, really? Probably not a lot. I wonder where, I don't know, we'd have to like research that. I wonder what the, the origins of that were and how come they claim, I mean, I can see that yeah. I mean, you have this weapons component to it, but where did the alcohol... When was it established? Let me look. Yeah. I don't know. We should look it up because why they lump all three of those together. Yeah. yeah it's a strange combination. <laughs> yeah. Is it not? I mean, I can see like, it like if it was back in, you know, Prohibition days or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but well, and it's more now because it's like I think now it's actually the ATFE because they added explosives on there, so mm-hmm. it's the well, yeah. and I can see firearms and explosives being together, but the tobacco sure. and firearms, I mean, that's kind of I mean, odd. Uh, yeah, well, it was, was formed in 1972 yeah, alcohol, right? was for, to regulate right? everything, <clears throat> yeah, and it was before that, it was the IRS alcohol tobacco, farm. IRS, yeah, well, well that IRS even makes it that's even worse, yeah, I it know, that's like, it was so IRS, it was you know, but let's it was see, when was, what yeah. was that? Let me look when that came up, man. I would have never, I would have thought it was way before 72. Well, I, I, I have no idea, I'm not, I'm not real familiar <clears> with I mean, that. I looked it up, so that's okay, but yeah, so what it stemmed from was the Bureau of Prohibition, which was in. Bureau of Prohibition and the unit of the Bureau of Internal Revenue in 1920. So I think that that's what it was. Is it's called the ATF in back in the 20s, and then when it split off, you know. So and in 1933, it went to that, and then then in the 1950s, it was the Internal Revenue Service and Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Farms. Interesting. Huh. All I know is that <clears throat> I should be able to own a machine gun, <laughs> and, I, and I'm confident in that. I think, too, a bunch of the stuff that's currently regulated by ATF, like the suppressors and the, the short-barreled rifles and um, and all, all that sort of thing, I think it's dumb because in, in our career field in, in law enforcement, we had access to a lot of weapons and a lot of a lot of accessories like that that we use for our for our profession. And whenever we train with those things or we, we use those things at work or whatever, 
to me, I'm like, there is no reason why a private citizen shouldn't be able to have this or well on the, major- the the homicide uh, majority of them are, are done by handguns yes and yeah. so i mean the even even with these these yeah. uh what do you call it, assault weapon or the you know quote yeah, assault, assault weapons, weapons and yeah. they're not like a, i can't remember the number we don't like almost need to research before we go into these conversations Maybe I know, I yeah. get you the, but it's a very very low percentage that mm-hmm. um rifles short uh are used yeah yeah oh yeah like an overwhelming majority of of gun crime is with handguns but yeah. no one's coming after the handguns, which is interesting. Well, yet. Yet. Yeah. 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 Yet. Well, and I think in a sense they kind of are because they think there's a large portion of the population that believes that only law enforcement should have weapons. Yeah. And yeah. we're all for law enforcement. Don't believe that at all. Yeah. yeah. No. Absolutely <laughs> no, not. Yeah. I think if you're willing and able, you should own a firearm. That's what I believe. Didn't Biden, you know? Biden say something about a 9 millimeter? Like, Yeah. Hand- he made some famous comment about a 9 millimeter round, like blowing the lungs out of a target or yeah. something like that. And I think it was more like nine millimeter. I'm sure. Well, I think he whispered it. He was like, nine millimeter. He has the same thing whispers every once in a while. That's more, I think, what it was like. It was just like this incoherent rant about. That poor old man. I love the stuff he says, and I hate it at the same time. Okay, so. It's like a prolonged weekend at Bernie's with him. Like like his the people around him, like the DNC or whoever's keeping him alive. They're just yeah, carrying handlers. You, you've all seen that movie, right? Yep. Yeah, you you need good. to watch it. Yeah. I mean, it's a um, it'd probably be stupid now. I mean, I was <laughs> like sure young now. when I watched it. We'd be like, man, this guy looks like it's what's from the 80s, yeah, right? late, I mean, 80s. late 80s, yeah. But they, their boss ends up, uh, I don't want to spool the whole plot or the, sure. the ending for you, but their boss dies, <laughs> yeah. and they end up, uh, for whatever reason, they just. They're probably him up and take him around. Are they the like Hamptons? He's alive. Yeah, they we were supposed to Hamptons? go like on this vacation with yeah. him, like a business trip oh. to the, the Hamptons or something. And he's they, like their meal ticket, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> they got to keep him. <laughs> but they're at this party, and like these chicks are trying to have sex with him and stuff. Like the dead, like the, the Bernie, you know. And then okay. he's just sitting there. They put a hat on. I think they put a cigarette yeah, or sunglasses. They all put sunglasses on him. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's a you're, you're gonna have to watch that. That's like your homework for. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm in before we come back. Looking at Bernies. That's what they're doing with oh, you know, Joe Biden, though. They're just propping him up, putting sunglasses <laughs> on him, and have, just have you heard, moving around. Have y'all heard these, like, conspiracy theories about, like, the the Joe Biden, like, body doubles and stuff? Like, I, someone was showing me a, a picture, and it was like, they were like, there's at least four different Joe Bidens. And it was like, they <laughs> look <laughs> yeah. surprisingly different. I was like, huh, maybe you're, maybe you're onto something. I mean, like, let, me, let me let you know, in on a rabbit hole that I went down the other day was a conspiracy about... Um, him being a secret operative, right? And so the more that I read on it, I'm like, mm, I'm a little more convinced, right? Mm. Like the way you talk about the whole, uh, like the Chinese operatives that have been found within the administration and in Congress and things like that. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. it goes back to the Hunter thing. I mean, it's just... I can see like an escapee out of a nursing home, more likely. Than, <laughs> but man, I went on I went, I went on a rabbit hole for like four hours the other day doing research on that. I was up to like two thirty in the morning. It was bad. Mm. <laughs> what yeah. about wolves this time though? Wasn't about wolves this time. I listen, I yeah. have a habit of getting in deep rabbit holes and researching things for hours on end. The worst thing that my wife could have given me was an iPad because I will sit there and read. I spent, how long was it? Did I tell you I was on wolves for like two and a half, three hours reading about all kinds of species of wolves. And then that, um, there was that cop in Alaska that got killed by a, a muskox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
like two weeks later, I spent like another three hours reading about musk, o- musk, musk ox. I've never seen it. It's basically it's a like giant a water, buffalo. Yeah, like yeah. A water buffalo. But. but it's up in Alaska, right? What? Yeah. I've never even heard so of this. So this cop, I guess, there was he was, there, I guess, up in Alaska. They have he was there was on his farm or whatever, and there was this musk ox that was messing with his farm animal. Oh, so he wasn't on duty? <clears throat> no, he. I think he was on duty. He had just shown up to his house or he was going into work. And he was trying to get this musk ox away, and the musk ox attacked him. So it just like mauled him. Yeah, maul- no, it just I think he like trampled him and it killed him. Yeah, um, but then that stemmed into it actually started at the gym. I was working out by myself, and I a deal came across my phone, and the research started at the gym and carried over to the house. But I spent <laughs> I spent a long <laughs> portion of my time reading about musk ox. Hmm. There was actually a, a a mom and a young child that was killed by a polar bear in Alaska too. Really, Recent, like really recently, <clears throat> yeah. Hmm. I didn't even know polar. I guess I guess they're in the very far northern part of Alaska. I guess I didn't but. know either. You know what this reminds me of is like okay, back whenever I was in school and playing a lot of video games. Did you ever play like the Cabela's Dangerous yeah. Hunts? Games? Yeah, I played yeah. it on the computer. Yeah, yeah. Like my brothers and I would play those, and we we always laugh because like I mean we we grew up hunting and everything. We were like these games are fun, but like. The wildlife in these games is so hostile. Every bit of it. I guess it's real. Yeah. I will tell you that I spent just this week. I spent like an hour and a half reading about polar bears. Polar bears, <laughs> right? And if you didn't know this, they have a long. I don't can't even say. Is it elongated? Long elongated? Elongated? Yeah, yeah. Elongated, elongated. Yeah, yeah. Necks so that they can reach down to get like the seals and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. That makes but, sense. So my point to this gentleman is that if you guys want to build like. A trivia team, all right. Yeah, I got a wealth of knowledge up here that is useless. It can only be used for trivia. So if you guys want to go win something sometime, just let me know and we'll go. Is there any reason that you would want an elongated neck? Well, that's the real question, right? <laughs> I think I can't say that word. Long elongated. Well, we were. Yeah, having, I can't say it. We were having like, trouble last episode saying. Quadriplegic? Quadriplegic. Yeah, quadriplegic. Yeah. Isn't it funny how, like, certain people have trouble with certain words? Yeah. I knew a guy yeah. one, time, one time that couldn't say cinnamon. No. He's cinnamon. cinnamon. <laughs> I was yeah. like, what? I have a hard time with uh, rural. Or rural? Rural. Yeah. Rural. Rural. Like a rural or like, like, like it's out like in the county. Like we work in a rural county. Yeah. Rural like, county. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm a county deputy. Yeah. You know, well, let's talk about one of the words we talked about earlier, mauled. And then uh, and then you said, well, he was trampled. So mauled, does that mean like he was like eaten and, and like scratched yeah, and yeah. shit? Like what's the like, definition of yeah. mauled? So fun fact, by the way, brown bears will maul you and uh, the polar bears will just eat you. Eat you. Like they will, oh. like, like brown bears will just tear you up and they'll maul you, but they won't eat you. Polar bears will straight up eat you yeah game over good there, there's a chart it said like so the brown bear the black bear and the polar bear right so if it's brown or no if it's black fight back if it's brown lay down and then it, when it got to the polar bear it said if it's a polar bear good night because yeah. <laughs> polar bears will just eat well, they say, you they say they have no fear of humans because they don't see them so yeah. like when they see oh. you they see food same That's with the Arctic Wolf. Same with the Arctic Wolf because huh. in those places, it's – I can't say this word either. Inhabitable? 
inhabitable. Inhabitable. Right? inhabitable. It's yeah. so inhabitable that there's that there's not very many humans up there, so they're not scared of them. So they, mm. if they come across a human, they will just eat them. I, I feel like we're on a tour at Yellowstone and Jason's our guy. I don't. I spend a great deal of time doing useless research, gentlemen. So <laughs> you just like as like rugged. We need we need to get him like, like one of those hats and a green yes, uniform. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll be a rabbit like, ranger. Yeah. This doesn't work well, out, like, right? Sitting around a campfire, smoking a cigar, and like, I was attacked by a muskrat. <laughs> barely survived like, yeah really cool like, listen i don't know why but there's certain things and i always like to look like at the extinct list right so like yeah, and i like yeah. to read on certain of those i don't know that stuff like interests to, me man i like to see where stuff used to live you know yeah. how, like they they used yeah. to have certain ranges like yeah like jaguars did you know that jaguars used to be like Hmm. In this area, yeah, right. so those, yeah, but they, they they closed it down because they had some city work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they, they just, like the big cat jaguars used to be like in Texas, like up in this area. Do, like, yeah, right? so like the last, I think the last known um, jaguar was found like in the Big Bend area, mm-hmm. like in the 1950s or something. That was the last known sighting of a jaguar. Yeah. yeah. I think there's been a few signs like in uh, Arizona, yeah, like a mountain range in this, in southern Arizona that they've seen. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, well, like, it's it's crazy. I, I find stuff like that interesting too. Like I know that like um, uh, I want to say it's like the odd sheep that are around here in Texas. Mm-hmm. Like they're not native. Those no, those were like, introduced. Like, yeah, Egypt or something. Yeah. Or I think Florida has a problem with like pythons being introduced yeah, to it. Yeah. Pythons yeah. Like, even a it's from a hurricane. Area. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh. Well, I think they've had people that buy them at pet stores too. Yeah, and then they, they, like, they get too big and they put them in the swamp and, and they kind of can. Well, because you know, Everglades is a tropical environment. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, it's no different from South America down there. But then it's like screwing up some of the other species, uh, some of the other animals there because they're eating it's them and feeding the them. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. But so, like, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, elk used to be native to this area yeah. too. You know? Yeah, that's it. I even took a call yeah. of an elk getting ran over by a car. Really? In this area. And it was like, that's, huh. that's very strange. Yeah. Never thought I'd see that before, but I did. Sometimes working the county on in patrol division, like I'd be cruising and um, it's cool to see you'll see deer around mm-hmm. our part of the woods a lot. But uh, I'll see antelope from time to time. Yeah, oh, there's a ton, yeah, of, a ton, of, yeah, yeah, a ton yeah. of antelope. Yeah, but I, I've never seen elk around here. But you, you got, was it an actual elk that got hit? Or? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it came out as a vehicle versus deer car. It was like a little BMW too, but they really? smoked this. It was a, like a spike elk. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, was, I think somebody was saying, and Brent, I think it was you that was telling me that they they're looking for water because yeah, they come so down when we get in droughts like this. They come down out of the mountains, which we're probably a four hour drive. Mm. Not even that. That's up in the mountains. We're probably yeah. like a what <clears throat> three hour drive. Yeah, yeah three hour drive from the foothills yeah. of the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and they'll come down. They'll go, go down the uh, Canadian River, and then they'll they just migrate down there, just looking for stuff. What I was. Mm-hmm. Looking for food and water. Yeah. yeah, well, that makes, that makes sense. sense. That's, a, yeah, that's I mean, what they would do. And, you, you, I mean, some of these animals are so intelligent. I mean, and it's it's wild, you know. Yeah. It's crazy. Man, now I'm kind of concerned that, like, I'm going to be patrolling the county one day. I'm going to be like a polar bear. You're going to be afraid yeah. to get out from this. You're going to be eaten by <laughs> mountain lion or yeah. something. Yeah. I was attacked by, a like, a cape buffalo or something. Like, <laughs> just so you know, in case you're wondering, the closest mm. polar bear sighting has been actually in Canada. So you're okay. Oh, okay. You you're a few miles away from there. <laughs> a few miles away from that. You can never be too careful. I mean, it's kind of like the, like the the chances of you being killed by by, by like a shark are, are low, but never zero. You know, Not according to John. 
What? When we went to Florida, John oh, was God. terrified that he was going to get eaten by a shark. Well, I'd always <laughs> wait till after, so we'd go to a certain beach, and then I would do some stupid research yeah, you, like he did. Yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> and I would see how many, how many shark attacks happened at that beach, and mm-hmm. was, there was a lot. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. You don't look at this stuff because even like there's some kind of, there's like parasites or something that, uh, in the oh, yeah. ocean water, and yeah. then, like if you have a little gosh. cut, it can get in there and kill you. Oh, and then yeah. like I, one time we went to the beach and I looked at that before and I'm like. Like looking at my feet and shit, I'm like, did I cut myself from any rocks from walking in this ocean? Yeah. And, and I, I quit doing that after that. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like research. It's like you can step on stuff that stings you. And, I saw yeah. like the worst thing ever. Like when I was a teenager on some Discovery show, I, I don't know what it was, but this guy like was in like a rainforest and he went to go take a piss in a river, but like this weird. Oh, I, I think I've seen that. Yeah, swam are, his dick. Yes. And, what? Yeah. yeah. Like this thing, it's some kind of parasite that like. It swam up his dick hole. Yeah, I've saw that like, It has, like, barbs, basically, on, like, its fins. And so there's, like, no way to pull that, that thing out. Like, he had to have, like, Whoa. some kind of surgical Whoa. operation. To... Why would you get in the river to piss, though? I think... I, <laughs> no, you know, you just... Why would you piss in the river just, just by a tree or They, actually, they actually explained this on the show. I want to say that he was already in the river, and no, the I piss didn't. just came to him, and okay. he was like, I'm on... It's no different than when you're floating the river in your brothels. Nobody gets out to use the restroom, so I would not stick my head underwater. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. That's Joe, true, yeah. Do not go <laughs> swimming in the Guadalupe River, okay? Like People like y'all track record like, like yeah because it, it's difficult for me to, to pit, like purposely piss in the in the like my in my say a swim trunks in the river because jason and i've gone with our uh, other mm-hmm. fo- other friends of ours and floated the river but i had to stand there at first and be like and will myself to urinate on myself the more you drink though the easier it gets to do yeah, yeah i just I, I remember seeing that and so like to this day like i'll never piss like if my if my dick is underwater not pissing. Like, <laughs> so, unless you're in the bathtub, because it's safe then. Yeah, the bathtub's okay. Is it? Like, oh. Okay, let's, no let's talk about this for a second, okay? Because I, I need to know, is this an unpopular opinion or not? Hmm. Your baths, are you just bathing in your own disgusting water, yes. or your own filth? Yes. Because my wife is like, she'll tell me, oh, no, I took, a, I took a bath. And I said, you took a bath or a shower? And she said, no, I took a bath. And I said, you literally just washed yourself with the disgusting stuff that you just washed off of yourself. Yeah. yeah Baths I agree with that. are disgusting. But they're relaxed. If you got a, like, I got a jacuzzi tub, and I'll sit in that thing, crank the but you uh, take, jets on. and But you wash afterwards? yourself? Yeah. Not afterwards, but like. Oh, you're disgusting. The, I'll go to bed like that, but <laughs> then the next, like, shower is the way to get So clean. let me let me get this straight. So do you clean your tub first before you get in it? Yeah. Because my, my daughter will wash our dogs in the tub. So okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you just wash yourself with your filth, but you're only steaming it, really. So you're just just mm-hmm. cooking it in there more, right? Cooking it in there more. And then you get in your sheets. Do you wash your sheets immediately after that? No. But okay, we don't, we don't want to get into what all no, my sheets are. Right <laughs> it's okay to soak. Yeah. I don't think so. You're, you're, you're in your own filth all over again. Yeah, but if you're... You're scrubbing yourself and you're getting all that stuff off you, and it's like then it's say, in like, the water. That you, makes you it get, dirty. How are you rinsing? How's it different from a swimming pool? It's not different from the swimming pool, but you shower right after the swimming pool, right? It's got more water in it, so it kind of disperses. Yeah, yeah, yeah but then there's other people's there's stuff in there. Too. Yeah, yeah, that too. But I think you do get like marginally cleaner from a bath because I think if you like, if you were covered in, and you know, you just cleaned a chimney, you're covered in soot or whatever. 
you take a bath, like you just wait. Be... You just did what? <laughs> Clean the chimney. Oh, I thought you said the gym, and I'm like, why would you be covered in soot? What kind of gym? I don't know. It's a firefighter yeah. gym. <laughs> <laughs> you're covered in soot, okay? And you get in the bath, and okay. you're gonna be in this nasty, dirty water, but like you're gonna get a lot of it off. Like you're gonna get a little bit cleaner. You're not gonna get totally clean, but you're gonna get a little bit. Cleaner. You're in your own filth. Yeah. It's disgusting. The only way to get truly yeah. clean is a shower. It's a shower. Yeah. Well, and yeah, you're, this is coming from a guy that shits his pants off. That is true. So yeah, I but I shower afterwards. <laughs> yeah, <so>. yeah. <laughs> if you got a bidet, you wouldn't have to. You just oh, turn that thing yeah, on. Yeah, but exactly. listen, okay. what if you shit your pants and then you got and you just took a bath? Then you'd be swimming in your own <laughs> shit, right? I guess so. That, that, okay. So that proves my point. If you shower after you shit, it goes in the drain. If you bathe, mm. it's in the same thing with all the disgusting things you carry with you all day. Okay. Yes. Another thing we need to talk about, though, is bidets. Because I know there's people at this table who use them and people who don't. Well, yeah, and people who love them. And, yes. I'm, and I'm fixing to have to go because I've got my, uh, I should have gone. Your like bidet appointment? Hour. Yeah, I have my bidet appointment. <laughs> I got it like, uh, my wife needs a pressure increase on it. So, no. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. But no, I have, I, I have yet to use one, but I hear great things. So. Oh, yeah. Right. And he doesn't use one. Right? I don't, no. But no. It's terrible. You're a communist. I love mine. But. Yeah. <laughs> I love my bidet. Yes. I'll never go back. Once when you he, use it, you'll, you're... Oh, I know. Well, you, you feel, I don't even like going on vacation because there's no bidet there. Yeah. Like, you don't really? feel clean. You feel dirty without the bidet now. I'm See, serious. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's disgusting. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Well, my main concern with it, I have two concerns with it. One, like, I don't know how effective is it really? Oh, and very. Then, is it? Yeah. Yes. And then two, like, are you leaving the bathroom with, Soggy butthole, or like? Well, no, because no, you, you, you kind of, yeah, you just kind of, you know, tap yourself dry there. Really, I just okay. have one concern, and it's really the main reason I'm going to put it in. Because if my wife sits wrong and hits the wrong spot, I'm afraid she'll leave me for a bidet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she won't Isn't need me powerful? anymore. Like, I don't know. I'm not interested in trying it though. I'm not, I'm not taking a risk. Would you know how like uh, how I got my smell back after uh, COVID was because the bidet has a dial on it, and I put it up to kind of a medium high. Yeah. And, then I can smell again. See, I've heard good things. People say that, like, oh, like, you know, once you use a bidet, you'll think that toilet paper is archaic. You'll never yeah, use it again. Is. Well, you just, you feel, dude, I'm, like, all joking aside, you feel unclean when you don't use one. Like, I, I'll, uh, yeah, this is the biggest, uh, it sucks on vacation because there's no, I thought about taking one yeah. and I can hook it up to my Airbnb toilet and, <laughs> you know, and then just unhook it and take it with me when I leave. I have to carry wet wops with me all the time now. Because mm-hmm. of that. When we have worked well, with a lot of guys that use them, and, and mm-hmm. I was one of the last ones to kind of get on that bidet train. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm anti-bidet. I had no, no idea. you don't know. <laughs> well, whenever I joined the sheriff's office, I had no idea that everyone was, like, so in tune and, like, professional with their shitting. Like, <laughs> like if there's one thing that this, this agency knows how to do, it's shit properly. Well, something that he said that I want to counter there before, before I leave is he said he was anti-bidet. That is like a virgin saying he's anti Pussy. Yeah, like you, you haven't tried it. You haven't felt it. You don't know what it does for you. You can't do that. I think that argument can be taken out of context, though. Because yeah. Then... I'm anti-penis. I know I'm anti-penis. So, you know. <laughs> 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 I've never had to try to test the theory to know I'm anti-penis. Uh, there's, certain, so... there's certain big lessons in this episode. There's always a counter to everything. Yeah. yeah. yeah there's, there's brute facts, and then there's things that are debatable. But I think a man's love for penis is very set in stone. So, yeah. 
Or dislike, I think, <laughs> is the right term for that. I don't uh, know about. I thought about like. I don't know that said, we want to get like lo- like we got to make sure we have this uh, language right, right and understand what we're talking yeah, about, or we I get on the wrong side of it, or not the wrong side, but well, a I personal think, wrong side, I guess. Yeah, because I think certain sound bites can be taken out of this podcast and be really out of context and probably sound a little strange. Yeah, that's okay. We're just gonna have to contend with that. Yeah. So. Well, the, the bottom line is you guys need uh, to get bidets and just try them. Yeah. As a matter of fact, if you don't want to get one, come over to my house, eat some, I don't know, whatever it is. I, probably not much for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need much for you guys to go to bed, but we'll Take some magnesium. Yeah. Whatever. I'll see you in a week and a half and we'll yeah. see what happens or not. You turn that puppy up and uh, <laughs> you'll see how much you enjoy it. Mm, well. And if you're thirsty, you just turn around and get a drink. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we'll, we'll be back for the next episode yeah. with a report on bidets. So. <laughs> Next time.